0: what's up jason tatum here ball up wherever you are with nba 2k mobile playing game events to collect nba legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court download nba 2k mobile now on the app store and google play
1: hello welcome back to a brand new episode of the pick a side podcast my name is joel moran and i'm here with Angel velez joe dell's And that's now episode 297. In this episode, we're going to be previewing the AFC West. That means trying to find a flaw in the Chiefs, setting egregiously high expectations for the Chargers, hearing Drew preach about this Russell Wilson breakout or comeback season that might not happen, and explaining why the Raiders will stink next (laughs) Yeah, as Trying you guys can see,
2: with the flawless Chiefs. Is he as you can
1: see My right God. now, Riv is not with us, he is on daddy duties right now. For real foreign.
2: saying so, Riv is not with us made it sound like he was dead or something. RIP, that's crazy.
3: Drop some RIPs in the chat. Poor,
1: poor choice of words, but yeah, football episode. Just the three of us. I'm excited to preview the best division, arguably, the best division in football. Mm. We know first is going to be the AFC East this year, second is the AFC West because I mean, we know the Chiefs are elite. Super Bowl champions, king of the NFL predicted it in me.
2: What you about know, what about it. NFC East? You got the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl, and we know the Eagles are like that. Giants, low-key playoff team. Washington's Washington.
1: AFC East is better, I okay. think. I think it's better. But you know, you know what? That's an argument though. That's an argument. No,
2: I would say with that's more of an argument with the AFC West. I feel like the AFC East is is pretty comfortably the best division. The best division
1: football. football I agree as well. The only um lowly team is the Patriots. Yeah,
2: and it's still Bill Belichick, you know.
1: But the AFC West is gonna be Very fun to predict because the Chiefs we know are elite. The Chargers still have a good roster on paper. They're teetering. And depending on how you feel about Russell Wilson and the Sean Payton marriage, then you might be a little bit higher on the Broncos Mm. than most, and you might buy into that Kool-Aid once again this year.
2: I wonder if you're going to buy into drink that shit. Oh, you know I'm not buying it. No
1: way. Uh, I'm not buying it. We'll talk about the uh, we'll talk about the Broncos, but listen, it's Friday. We got the merch dropping. We got the pick merch dropping. It's
2: a matter of yes, time, sir. They doubted us,
1: and I've been talking to Joey about the merch. Okay. And t-shirts going to be twenty five dollars. Com shorts going to be twenty five dollars. Calm. We're not sure on the prices of the hats just yet, but okay. just know that the shirt and the shorts combo will be. Fifty in total if you want to buy the set. But that's what we're going with. And if you guys want to look at the picture of the outfit. That's a great price. $25 for the
2: t It's hard to find a T-shirt for $25. It's it hard is. to find Especially shorts now. for $25. No no doubt. That's a come up. And
3: it's they're nice shorts. Are they the knit ones, right? Yes. The shirt's yeah, good quality, it's too. It's it soft. Is.
2: You know.
1: Comfort like colors. Huh? Comfort colors. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the brand that makes the shirt. Shout out to them. So
3: what colors are we doing? Are we just dropping the black for now? Just dropping a black one for now. Okay, all uh, right. And
1: I'll see how this first merch drop does. So hopefully you guys go out and support this merch drop. No doubt. Because if you guys support it, then it's going to give us more incentive to drop colors and you know just have a, a boatload now.
3: Uh, let me ask you a question because it seems like John's having a stroke. Did we mention the AFC North in terms of being the best division? They're in that conversation. I think it might be. It's, it's between the East and, and the North for me.
2: They're in that conversation. Angels, Ravens, Super Bowl hopefuls. You got the Steelers, always respectable, and the Browns, Star Horse team. With I was everything. going to say goes with, right
3: with the East, with the West. There's two mid teams. i mean, shit. You could talk about the Broncos being mid. I won't be one of those, but the Raiders will be mid this season. Who are the
2: two mid teams in the East?
3: The Patriots I'm saying in oh, both respective oh, gotcha, gotcha, conf- gotcha. Uh, division. Excuse so me. You, you have the Patriots and you got the. Ra- no, come on, bro. Is that does that sound like me well, to shit on one of my quick jab friends' teams for a lull? Maybe. Uh, but regardless of that fact, like I just mentioned, you have the Raiders in the West. You have the Patriots in the East. In the North, there's no bad team. There's not. There's no bad team.
1: If I were to rank the divisions, I think number one is AFC East. But why? Because you have three contenders in there.
3: Uh, you could debate that you have three contenders in the North.
2: There feels I like there's see a gap it. after two. I, I got
1: to see it with, uh, oh, with, with, the, who, Browns. with the Browns. So we got to yeah. see it with the Jets. No, I, I think the Jets are <laughs> See, like, What are we doing <laughs> no, no. here? What are we doing no, I,
2: I think the Jets have a more talented roster than the Browns right now. I do think so, too.
3: On paper, I I, I feel yeah. like it's pretty close. Uh, however, I understand where you're coming from.
2: I think I trust Rodgers a bit more than Deshaun right now.
3: I think that that's also a fair statement. I think the ceiling's
2: probably different. I agree.
3: I agree. I think Deshaun's ceiling is slightly higher than Rodgers, but agree. I think the floor for Rodgers is definitely agreed. way higher.
1: Watson's ceiling is higher. Correct. Over the guy who just won MVP two of the last three years.
3: No doubt. I just think that his. Well, we know Rodgers ceiling is also. MVP,
1: and we know Watson ceiling is what? Not MVP. Uh,
3: but he also was seventy percent completion percentage. I think what? Almost five thousand yards. That like was four and twelve. That was also the year that he was amazing. Yeah, he it was amazing. He was
1: amazing. But Rodgers was better. That yeah, year you're Deshaun, talking about, Deshaun Deshaun Rodgers won MVP. The uh-huh. show was gotcha. amazing,
2: and Rodgers also. No, 30, no, 38. Just, listen,
1: first year you took away Deion, uh,
3: Devontae Adams from Aaron Rodgers. They missed the playoffs. First year you take DeAndre Hopkins away from Deshaun Watson, their 4-12 and team. Statistically, it was drastic, the difference between the two.
1: Yeah, I understand. But Rodgers Hill is best quarterback in the league. That's uh, his at this point Second in time. Second best. Because so. t- Mahomes will always be number one. But his ceiling is MVP. I mean, we've seen it two of the last yeah, for three sure. years. Listen, Aaron Rodgers is one of the all-time greats. I think number one for me is AFC East. Number two is AFC North. And number three... Yeah, I, I'll give it not to NFC East because I think the Cowboys and the Eagles are two very NFC good. contenders and the Giants. I don't I think they're going to regress this year. I I'm don't think they'll make the playoffs again. That episode, man. So that's it's why I'm not as high on the East? Giants.
2: Yeah.
3: What do you think? River make a return then?
2: Oh, hopefully. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I guess so. Right. He's got his team. His, he team, be was on for his team was the last show. He had the bills, yeah. right? He missed. Oh, he likes the Browns, though. He wasn't there for that. Last year, he was
1: very high on the Raiders.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Behind the Cardinals. It, it
1: didn't go that well. They won them all.
2: The
3: Raiders should have been a lot better than they were. They should have. Josh McDaniels just stinks.
1: We have breaking news to share with you guys. So, Mojo has been a long-time sponsor of yes, Pick Side. And for every NFL episode in NBA, because they now have NBA investments as well, we always try to do a good job in mentioning them, and we want to announce that we have renewed our contract with them for Shout the out. next 12 months. And that's exciting news because... Mojo, all of last year, you could only play if you were New Jersey. But coming in the football season, they're going to have DFS, player props. You can also bet on money lines, and it's going to be available in 30 states. So chances Mm. are, there's a 50% chance that any of you guys that are listening out there can finally use Mojo.
3: And this is amazing, too, because, listen, we saw the props enter just towards the end of the NFL season. That was a bit unfortunate. We would have liked to see that at the start because, of course, you like to utilize. Week one gets a little tricky. But, damn that, that Super Bowl Sunday, we cashed out. Jalen Hurts, lock of the century, 11 and a half rushing attempts. He hit in the first half. Mojo's well, a lot of fun. I'm I'm extremely happy to hear that we renewed.
2: Shout out to Mojo and shout out to you guys. Was for you guys? We wouldn't get this extension, big facts, man. Big facts. We were on that, well that said, contract bro. year, so, you know, shout out to you.
1: Before we get to the first AFC West division preview with the Chiefs, we're going to talk about our investments for the AFC West. Let's do it. And, and listen, for me, I, I looked at the rosters. I'm only comfortable in two teams that I want to invest into any players and I'll be honest. I understand. Both the on Chiefs, the City. Patrick Mahomes, uh-huh. he's at $140. He went up 45% last season from $94 Damn. to 140 That's how much he went up because, you know, MVP. That's Mahomes. Super Bowl. I think he's going to go up again. You know, Brady retired at, I think, 190. So there's still a lot of room for Mahomes to to grow. And Sky Moore, because he didn't play a lot last season, he went down 42% and he's at $4. And I think, given his skill set, he excels in the slot. Juju left that void in KC's offense by signing with the Patriots. I think Sky Moore, his first year was a redshirt year. Wearing the offense, they played him in different places. This year, he's going to play in the slot, and he's going to break out for the Chiefs in their offensive system. And I think $4 right now for him is a steal. That can double at the end of the season.
2: They said he's having a great – I mean, training camp's been on going on for a few days, but they said a great training camp. So far, Kadarius Tony is dealing with a knee injury, um, so he's taking a lot of the snaps Kadarius Toney usually would take. They said today at practice he had a, a great day mostly playing in the slot.
3: Um, under similar thinking, just for the sole, sole fact that Kadarius Toney is injured, Juju Smith-Schuster is no longer with the Kansas City Chiefs. There leaves for opportunity to be had, and, and I like where your head's at with Sky Moore for sure, especially that he's had a year in the Andy Reid offense, the only rookie to really thrive under the Andy Reid's uh, under Andy Reed's offense was Deshaun Jackson in 2008. That he had 62 catches for 912 yards and two touchdowns. That was the best rookie season that a wide receiver's had while Andy Reid was their head coach. And so, yes, I can understand where that pr- pr- process would lead you to Sky Moore and where immediately where I'm going. This is more tor- more, more so a long term invest- investment. Excuse me, I can't speak English. Uh, in Rasheed Rice, and Rasheed Rice was also selected in the second round, uh, a selection that the Kansas City Chiefs traded up to acquire him out of SMU. He had 355 yards his last year, was a four-year college, uh, college athlete, 14.1 yards per catch. This is a bigger dude, just one of those guys that will play on the outside. It will be that jump ball, deep threat receiver for Patrick Mahomes, and like I said, with opportunity to be had, Rasheed Rice is one of those guys that I'm targeting. Now, also to give you guys one on the flip side – a team that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. I think it's the last topic of the show. It's going to be Jimmy G, and, and he's a player that I'm going to be shorting. And I don't want this to get misconstrued. I don't think Jimmy G by any means is bad. He's not a bad quarterback. However, he's a replaceable one. And when you're a stable quarterback, you are in a position that you can be replaced. And when Las Vegas' is long-term it, it simply does not have Jimmy G in the picture, especially in division where your Patrick Mahomes is there. Justin Herbert's there. Russell Wilson's there. You're not going to really make a threat for the division with a stable-slash-replaceable quarterback. And with that being said, where his price being is at currently $38, if he is replaced at some point during this season, or let's say towards the end of the season they decide, hey, we're going to shut him down because we, we want to— be in the competition to tank for Caleb, which is a real thing. A lot of teams are going to be tanking for Caleb Williams. This is not a surprise. Vegas is one of those teams that I'm looking at. And if Jimmy G does get benched, that price will go down.
2: I like those picks. Um, the one I'm going with, there was a lot of guys I was considering. Um, but the one I ended up landing on was Quinn Johnson with the Los Angeles Chargers. Right now, he's $8.50 between Nelson Aguilar and Chosen Anderson, formerly known as Robbie Anderson. I think this is a perfect fit with with Los Angeles in the Chargers because you have Keen Allen, who's that possession-type receiver. You have Mike Williams, who is more of a 50-50 contested ball-type receiver. But Quentin Johnson, he's able to get those 50-50 balls like Mike Williams, but he's also probably the best yards-after-catch receiver in this class. He averaged 8.9 yards after the catch in college, which ranked 10th amongst all wide receivers, and had 18 missed tackles fourth. Forced, which ranked eighth amongst all receivers in college football. And he also averaged 19 yards per reception. He's a big play receiver. He can make things happen after the catch. That's, you know, desperately what the Chargers needed because they have multiple guys going down to injury. And even when those guys are on the field, Quentin Johnson has a different type of skill set that those guys don't have.
1: It was hard coming up with breakout players or players that I think are going to move up in price for the AFC West because I don't trust these teams. With the Raiders, Devontae Adams is already. Highly priced, and how much more is he going to go up with Jimmy Garoppolo under center? Jacoby Myers is kind of a stable receiver. I don't want to gamble on that. Michael Mayer is a rookie. Mm-hmm. I'm not too fond on that. Josh Jacobs is holding out, and Jimmy Garoppolo is, is a below-average quarterback. Then with the Chargers, Keenan, Mike Will, already kind of like at their They're peak. Gerald Everett is just a guy. So Quentin Johnson has some upside, and Austin Eckler, too, is kind of around where he's going to be because a lot of his productions he's already had, then I look at the other team, the Broncos, unless I'm buying into the Jerry Judy breakout or a Javante Williams breakout.
2: I like Javante.
1: There's not something that attracts me with that team.
2: Javante managed to stay off the pup to start training camp. And that's huge. Right. Even like someone like Brees, who had an injury before Javante, I want to say, or maybe right around the same time. um, He started the. Uh, the season on the pup or on training camp. Now they could come off and on at any time, but I think a lot of people were expecting Javante to start training camp on the pup. The fact that he Javante wasn't got her first and then he, that's fact. Yeah. Uh, Brees got hurt like week seven. Javante against was us. like week Correct. four or four five. against okay. the Raiders. Um, so a few weeks, but the fact that he's training, the fact that he's practicing already, he was at practice today. He's on a good track to start week one.
3: Yeah, this was like a more one of the more freak athlete type of things. Crazy comebacks from Javante to be ready before. The, the season starting, of course, to be ready the first day of training camp is insane.
1: The only player that I looked at was Marvin Mims that was somewhat attractive.
3: And he's another one that, unfortunately, hurt his hamstring today. Earlier in, OTAs, could not finish OTAs because he injured his other hamstring. Who Definitely Marvin Mims, someone oh, that yes, I was looking sorry. at. But I'll say this about Javante. He was one of those guys that was heavily targeted in terms of the passing game, remember week Prior one? to in- oh, How could I forget? Thirteen targets, something stupid, something dumb. And nuts. last season was the most that Russ targeted a running back in the passing game, career high. And Javante Williams obviously showed the skill set to be both a great rusher and a great receiving back. If he is healthy, he's around ten dollars. Which, especially for running backs, you you really got to break into that upper echelon to to see return on it, which is definitely possible with Javante given his skill set. But it's one that I'm taking cautiously as of right now because it still is early in training camp. Obviously, today was the first day. We got to see how the Broncos decide to ease him in because Sean Payne already said that there's going to be days where he's a full go. There's going to be days where he's limited. There's going to be days where he's completely sitting out. So I want to see the entire process of training camp, but definitely a name I'm monitoring for the way that our offense is going to function this year.
1: Those are our biggest Mojo investments. You can download Mojo and use code PICKASIDEMOJO for a deposit bonus link is in our description down below to start off these previews we're going to start off with the Kansas City Chiefs led by the greatest quarterback in NFL history Patrick Mahomes and the (laughs) the question with them is kind of a simple question to ask can they repeat this season and win back-to-back Super Bowls that's
2: really the question I know Drew could not wait to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, so I want to give this time to let you go wow, and you're, talk about you're your true prick. Team. <laughs> you're a true prick. Um,
3: Yes, Kansas City, they're a great team. I mean, what else do you want me to say? I'm here, of course. We all understand that I'm a Broncos fan, and I was in absolute misery last uh, the entire last season, especially going into the season. Of course, they proved me to be one of the most wrong there ever was on another team. I said that this wide receiver room was a, a huge question mark, especially after Tyree Kill was gone. Patrick Mahomes proved that he doesn't need a true star to to be on that cast. Of course, outside of Travis Kelsey, one of the all-time great tight ends. And when you have Andy Reid as also one of the all-time great play callers that there is, it's just the ultimate trifecta. They're going to be able to get a job done. They're going to be able to win games. I believe they still finish as the number one seed. Obviously, that was huge in terms of getting some rest. They went on to win the Super Bowl. The rest is history, yada, yada, yada. But of course, somehow, some way. After winning the, the Super Bowl, they find a way to get better. And so what's really unfortunate for me is here, Kansas City has one of the best offensive lines in the game. Kansas City has the best tight end in the game by far. Kansas City has the best quarterback in the game by far. Um, At the running back position, it really does not matter. They ran a a combination of Isaiah Isaiah Pacheco and, of course, Jarek McKinnon, who was great in the passing game, especially for the last back half of the season and into the, the playoffs. But that was more so Isaiah Pacheco's bread and butter also. He was dominant, especially in the run game. But the wide receiver, right? You're asking me to pick a flaw in this offense. Yeah, I guess I can point to the wide receiver, but with Patrick Mahomes... It does not matter. You're going to have MVS, who is going to be a repeat offender in this offense. Yes, Sky Moore, we already talked about our investments. Sky Moore is definitely a name to look out for. Rasheed Rice is definitely someone to look out for. Justin Ross, who you mentioned as a redshirt freshman for Sky Moore, Justin Ross is also another one of those guys because as an undrafted rookie, they didn't need to keep Justin Ross around. They understand his skill set, 6'4", over 200 pounds, a big body type dude. Mahomes clearly takes a liking to him. Likes to have him around. I, I believe that they've had... He's been running with the first team, as has Rasheed Rice. So there's going to be a lot of interchangeable pieces, especially at that wide receiver position. I, I mean, I, I if you want me to nitpick, sure, wide receivers, but so long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, it's really not going to matter. And then on the defensive side of the ball, secondary-wise, you have Trent McDuffie going into year two. He was very, very good in, in year one. They go and they add, if I mispronounce his name, I apologize, charge... Omenu from the edge that I... Omenuhu. thank you. They added Drew Tranquil, linebacker as well. I mean, this team, as long as Mahomes is the quarterback, as long as Andy Reid is the offensive play caller, you can just already cash in 13 games that they're going to win automatically. So... Yeah, I, I'm glad that you let me go first so I don't have to talk about them anymore.
2: And I don't want to skip over Justin Ross because he's someone, like you mentioned, went undrafted, but he was a highly touted For sure. NFL prospect before he's had some really bad like neck injuries. Um, freshman year at Clemson, he averaged 22 yards per reception, 1,000 yards on 46 catches, followed up by 860 yards on 66 receptions. His junior year, he had his injury, um, and he really didn't, he didn't play at all in 2020. He played some in 2021. Um, but this is a guy who, if he didn't get hurt, he would have been a first-round pick. If he didn't get hurt, he probably would have been the first receiver off the board. So the talent is there. It's just the injury concerns. For sure. Um, but for the Chiefs, you know, last season it was different because they lost Tyree Kill. Right? So we had some question marks about this offense. We all still thought they'd be really good, but we thought maybe they would take a step back. But they didn't slow down. Mahomes, number one EPA per play. Number two in completion percentage over expectation. Number two in big-time throws. Third lowest turnover worthy play rate, number one yards per game, number one points per game. The offense continued to be the best offense in football, even while losing the most explosive receiver in the NFL. What Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid can do. It, crazy, it doesn't matter what receivers it could be Rasheed Rice, it could be Sky Moore, MBS, Juju. I think for the remainder of of Mahomes' career, I should say with Travis Kelsey, I don't know if they're ever gonna get a true number one receiver. But I also don't think they ever need a true number one receiver. That's how dominant they are. They found Pacheco in round seven, who ended up having um, you know, a nice season towards the end of the year. You have Jarek McKinnon, who's catching passes out of the backfield. You still have Clyde there, who had a bit of a role last season. Um, but they're constantly just going to bring guys in and out. And as long as Kelsey's there as their number one, they're going to figure out ways to be a top offense. This guy's grinning his ass off. Like he's <laughs> been a Chiefs fan his whole life. Shit is gross. Um, and <laughs> defensively, they have a lot of young players. You know, they're basically the opposite of the Steelers. The Steelers have the number one paid defense and the last paid offense. The Chiefs have, I don't know if they're number one, but they're up there in terms of offense and they're last in defense because you have Nick Bolton on his rookie contract going to year three, Legerea Snead going to year four, McDuffie year two, Karloftis year two. Um, Jalen Watson, DB, who struggled a bit of his rookie year, but going into year two, and then you have the couple of veterans and Chris Jones and Justin Reed, who both had great years. Chris Jones, obviously, being one of if not the best interior defensive linemen, and uh, Justin Reed had a bit of bounce back year from his last year in Houston. So, on top of that, they have arguably the best coaching staff in the league with Andy Reid on offense, Spags on defense. Matt Nagy. There, there's not much to say about this team. Did, did you see that clip on quarterback where he's sitting next to Matt Nagy? It was third and 14 with, against the Bengals, said, Oh, you got to run it here. And they throw it, pick up a first down, and win the game. Um, yeah, I don't know what Matt Nagy's really doing, but not much to say about this Chiefs team. Um, not going to spoil anything, but they're going to win the division.
1: <laughs> can, can you believe that? Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, well, the Chiefs, I would say. Can you believe that they've won a division eight years in a row? It's crazy. Time flies. Three with Alex Smith and then the next five with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, this is is absurd. Out of 80 games he started, he's only lost two games by more than one score. In five years as a starter, two Super Bowl wins, two Super Bowl MVPs, two NFL MVPs, five AFC Championship games. He he's a lock to go to the AFC championship every single year. He's basically five like division titles, five division titles. 5-12 win seasons. So what you said, you can lock it in they win 13. Yeah, you could lock it in they're winning 12 plus every single season with Mahomes under the helm and five Pro Bowls. You know, I was grinning, Dells, <laughs> because I just got flashbacks. Last year in the offseason, there was some disrespect. I'm gonna give you some slack, but from this guy, oh, Mahomes has to prove himself. He did. He, no, he did he not. Does. He, he, did. he has to prove himself. This was Tyree, the year the Broncos were gonna win the
3: division. You know, whatever. Can't I understand wait for you a fan to leave, and I will say the same exact but, thing. Drew, Drew
1: was Drew right here was reluctantly putting respect on Mahomes. I need read last to retire year. Too.
3: Show me that he's not a system QB.
1: Go, go listen to this guy last year also. Oh, the disrespect was off the charts. Then in the Super Bowl. When I told y'all they got the best coach, they got the best quarterback, they got the best tight end, oh, you guys wow. told surprise, me. Surprise. those are Those, are three, are, those are three players. Those are three players. So y'all slept, man. Y'all slept. And then we're looking at this team now. They're in a totally different position than than they're coming into now versus last year. Last year, they were plus 1,000 to win the Super Bowl. That's how much they were getting slept on. And Mahomes answered every single question despite losing Tyreek Hill. They, Flying you know, te- teams played too high on them. And last year, Mahomes, two years ago, I should say two seasons ago, he struggled. Last season, he was the best quarterback against it. But there are some question marks with the Chiefs, and there's some legitimate question marks with the Chiefs. The biggest one is Chris Jones. He has not reported to camp yet. He played at a defensive player of the year level last season. And this guy changes their defense from being bottom twenty to being a, a top fifteen, top ten group in the NFL. He's one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. I think he's top two. The only person you could put over him is Aaron Donald, and I think Aaron Donald more so is is living off the reputation of being the best. I think Relax. Chris Jones last year played at the best level <laughs> of any defensive tackle you don't in the miss NFL.
3: One season automatically when you're. Probably arguably the greatest defensive player of all time.
1: No, I know Aaron Donald was one of the best defensive players of all time, but I think Chris Jones last year had a better individual season than him. Sure. He missed what seven games, I would assume so. No, I'm just saying when they were on the field, Chris Jones, highest pass rush win he rate was of great. any player. He was amazing. And he was getting double teamed more than any player he was either. Amazing. And their secondary, you mentioned it. You know, Trent McDuffie, I think, is amazing. He was somebody that out of the draft, I was very uh, high on. Yep. Jalen Watson as a seventh round rookie was Impressive. He's an average corner, but for a seventh rounder to play at that level, you find that impressive. And LeJarrius Sneed, people don't talk about him enough. I know when it comes to the Chiefs, we look at Reed, we look at Kelsey and Mahomes, but LeJarrius Sneed is one of the best slot corners in the NFL, and he's somebody that was a big reason why this secondary had success, but this secondary is relying on the front seven getting pressure. And when the front seven doesn't get pressure, their secondary is leaky. Another question mark I have is Harrison Butker. Last year, he hit 78% of his field goals, which was a career low. And in some games, that cost him versus the Colts in a regu- regular season. Uh, what that game cost that was. The Matt Ryan masterclass at Alec <laughs> Pierce. I was,
2: I I was, was in hell.
1: I, I was dancing. But Harrison Butker is somebody that I think he should bounce back. He's been a great kicker for some years now, but that's a question mark. I mentioned earlier, I think, I think Skymore will replace Juju just fine. And I'm interested to see if... This team has moved on from Clyde Edwards-Alaire because Jarek McKinnon last year was a third-down running back because he's one of the best running backs at pass pro, and he just played better than uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So those are the big storylines that I'm looking to see. I know some people will say the Chiefs got weaker at tackle because Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley left. Jawan Taylor at right tackle, Donovan Smith at left tackle. You know, Jawan Taylor is a good right tackle. Donald Smith last year was leaky on the left side for Tom Brady. But Andrew Brown and Andrew, Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley last year finished first and second in pressures allowed by tackles last season. So last year, Mahomes wasn't playing with very good tackle play. It's just the interior of the offensive line is one of the best trios, if not the best trio in the league. Sure. But I find it hard to believe this year that Mahomes would be tested more than he was last year. Last year, Mahomes faced nine top 15 defenses, the most he's ever faced in his career, and he passed all those tests with flying colors with no true wide receiver number one. And this is a good sign for the defense in the future. They were 22nd in EPA per drop back, but when LeJarius Sneed, Trent McDuffie, and Jalen Watson were all on the field they were first in EPA per drop back on 168 snaps, which is a pretty good sample size. So when these three are healthy, that defense can take it to another level. And I think if the Chiefs want to be a dynasty and want to win back-to-back, it's going to be on the defense to now ascend to a better level. We know Mahomes can win with an average defense, but if this defense can ever become great and they have some young pieces, I mean, we're, we're talking about a legitimate Patriots 49ers Cowboys like
2: dynasty with with the chiefs. Yeah. I mean, they're a dynasty without having that top of the line defense. Honestly, they don't need it. Like they really don't, as long as they're going to have Patrick Mahomes and those boys on offense, the defense just has to be respectable. They have to step up in on third down in the red zone. In the playoffs, what well, they hold uh, the Chief, uh, the Bengals to seven, seventeen points, twenty points, have. right? It was a you know relatively low scoring game, definitely for the Bengals. So as long as they're showing up in those moments where you're not expecting them to be elite week in and week out, but if they're doing the small things right in those you know crucial spots, the offense is going to do enough to score. Mahomes has been pretty damn good. Or
3: these last couple of seasons. So, uh what else is there really to say other than MVP, Super
2: Bowl, Super Bowl MVP? The Chiefs are pro. Be good. How yeah. about
3: we just talk about the Chargers? Here we piece, go. Team that we actually
1: beat.
2: Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton. Yep, had a great I, year. I love him.
1: Love just to just to shed some. I've been loved him. What are you Talking why, about why can't he, he love Nick? Bolton? Uh, just Chargers.
3: No, Chiefs fan players. He suddenly oh. loves. Oh chiefs. Oh, nah, he, he's he's been talking about. I've no, been ball. talking I'll about I'll Nick Bolton for a while. I'll know. you know that anyone on the Chiefs allegedly.
1: But yeah, I think outside of the big three, of course, with the Chiefs, just some players I'm really looking forward to and looking forward to their growth. Mm -hmm. Legereously, I think, can even get better. Trent McDuffie is an obvious one. Justin Reed last year, we don't talk about him enough. He replaced Tyron Matthew. We didn't even know that Tyron Matthew left the Chiefs. Nick Bolton, George Karloftis was first amongst rookies in pressure rate. He was second behind sacks to Aiden Hutchinson, but Aiden Hutchinson, a lot of his snacks were, were free sacks. But... Carlathis, if he can develop into a, a great pass rusher, and then the first rounder they got in the draft, I don't know how to pronounce his name. His first name is Felix, though. You know, they got some young players that if they develop, man, I, I think this team can really pop in. They also have a new starting safety in pop. Brian <laughs> and, and Brian Cook. Well, the defense can pop because, you. you know, we don't put no respect on the defense. Nice. It's always Mahomes, but it's never man. This defense actually gets timely stops whenever the chips are on the table.
3: I guess you could say last year definitely doesn't get respect, but I feel like this offseason, that's what they've tried to make a, a primary point of emphasis for for this team. Uh, signing, of course, a, an edge, signing a linebacker, bringing in some depth at the secondary position. They understand that Mahomes does need some help. So, again, with experience, I expect this defense to continue to improve. But, yes, it is dependent on Chris Jones being their opening day, which I don't have a worry about if I'm a Cheese fan. They're gonna get that done.
2: He wants thirty mil. Thirty hey, mil a season. You give it to him. That'd be you right give it behind it uh. Aaron if they Donald. didn't
1: give it to Tyreek Hill, part of me feels some some reservation. If as me as has a reservation, I have
2: to give it to Chris Jones. Yeah, but
3: oh, I they also have money allocated to a lot of it to essentially Tyreek. Oh, excuse me to Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey.
2: I also think not that Tyreek's replaceable, but since you have Mahomes, he could cover a lot of things. Yeah. They don't have those pieces on defense to cover Chris Jones. That's true. I,
1: that's gonna. That's that's gonna be the biggest storyline for the Chiefs coming into the year because if he's not there. That's a big loss. Well, he'll show up at
2: some point. He's yeah. not going to sit out the year, you know. But
1: If there's one team in the AFC that you think poses the biggest challenge to the Chiefs, what team do you think that is?
2: Still the Bengals. In the AFC? Still the Bengals. In the AFC. Burrow 3-1 and one against Mahomes. One three in a row. The first quarterback. The only quarterback to do that. You got teams like the Bills are going to be in that conversation. Miami with their opponent offense. The Jets at both sides of the ball. But right now, it's hard for me to look at a different team. The Bengals just give them hell every single game they play.
3: Uh, Ravens, I'll throw that one as an honorable mention for sure. And we have to see how the season starts and, of course, how the defense comes out. But I'm going to throw the Dolphins in that conversation too in terms of high-powered offenses. Dolphins are, are going to be in that top five, top three conversation for sure with just how explosive they are. Understanding that year two now in the system, two is only going to play better. God willing, of course, health is 100%. Of course, the defense is supposed to take a massive leap with Vic Fangio now coming aboard with the additions that they did make long. Of course, Jalen Ramsey now being added to to the mix. You expect that defensive unit to be a lot more sound than it was last year, where they're not just letting up points just at will. So yeah, for sure out throw the Dolphins in that conversation. But really, it seems as if the Chiefs should be the favorite.
1: I think the Bengals are are the best answer just because of Lu and Arumo's defensive game plan against Mahomes in previous games. Understandable. And we know that the Bengals offensively can put up some points. But why I am a little bit more reserved about the Bengals is because their offensive line cannot stop the Chiefs' defensive line. And I think that's always going to be an issue for them coming into playoff games. we
2: will be for a lot of points they play.
1: I think the two teams that pose the biggest threat, I mean, one of them call me a fan, but I think it's the Jets. Just because of how great our defense is and how great our secondary is, I think we pose one of the biggest threats. I'm going to put the Jets second to the Buffalo Bills. I still have a lot of respect for the Bills and what Josh Allen can do. Josh Allen, his floor is a great quarterback, but when he's at his best and playing it and really playing, he's just in a zone. He's the closest thing to Mahomes we have in the NFL from a ceiling standpoint. And he's the only one that could go toe-to-toe with him just going back and forth that we've seen. So for me, I'm going to have the Bills number one. I can
3: understand respecting the Bills there, but just just how disappointing they were against the Bengals at home for them to essentially be a no-show offensively and defensively, allowing Joe Burrow to do essentially whatever he wanted as well. That's why I leave, I'm left with a sour taste in my mouth when I think about the Buffalo Bills. So I hear your points. History has shown us the Bills have been a great regular season team come playoff time, of course. One of the best games that we've ever seen as fans of the sport, that Bills versus Chiefs game. But you got to at least make it there. It's back-to-back years of being out in the second round and losing to the team that you weren't even supposed to worry about, allegedly. You were supposed to – not that the Bengals are slouches, of course. That team just went to the, to the AFC, back-to-back AFC home championship game. Super Bowl. You have yeah. home field advantage. You're supposed to have one of the best defenses in the game, one of the best offenses in the game as well, for you to be so underwhelming against the
2: Bengals, I feel like I have to give that edge to Cincinnati. Things just would have been so different if they just could get one stop against Mahomes and Chiefs. because it feels like I want to come up here and say like the Bills just never seem focused in those big moments, right? They're always just a little bit off. But you think they're 13 seconds away from going to the AFC Championship and against the, the Bengals last year, of course. But if they would have beat the Chiefs in that fashion and then had a letdown this year, we probably would have looked at it and said, oh, it was an off year. You know they didn't come up. They had the DeMar Hamlin situation. Like, there's a lot going on, right? But since it happened back-to-back years of heartbreaking loss and then blowout, sure. we're kind of all looking at the Bills in a different light.
1: It's difficult to rely on a rookie. But Dalton Kincaid, I think, is X-factor. an X-factor for the Bills offense. If he can produce at a high level as a rookie – it now opens up the Bills offense that much more. And I think, you know, Khalil Shakir, there's been reports of him maybe earning a spot in a slot. I think that Dalton Kincaid might be that receiver in the slot because of those mismatch opportunities. Yep. And now you're going to have Knox, Kincaid, Davis, and Diggs all on, a, all on the field at the same time. So if Kincaid can get good production, then the Bills offense can be even better, and that's the missing piece they've needed. With the Bengals, when Joe Burrow faced Mahomes, I didn't look at those games and was like, Joe Burrow matched Mahomes in those games. I looked, at, I looked at those games and said, the defense and their scheme held the Chiefs offense. When I've seen Josh Allen match up against Mahomes, it's, it's literally been, oh yeah. It's who played better, it can go either way. Because these two were putting on a light show. And that's where I look at Josh Allen and just think, despite the Bills deficiencies he'll be able to carry an offense. And while
3: we're talking about the Bills, I want to talk about Stefan Diggs real quick because he had a press conference today. I believe that he he stood there and talked for 20 minutes, answered a ton of questions, but I was left admiring Stefan Diggs even more than I already do for the sole fact that he just has so much self-awareness and he just just the way that he carries himself and and the way that he was handling these questions, understanding that some of the questions he was receiving were trying to almost Catch him. A little defamation, really, trying to say, hey, you know, your reputation of what happened in Minnesota, are you trying? Are you a me guy? And really, he came out and said, listen, you guys really are, are trying to come up with a narrative that I haven't even spoken on. And so, to, you know, if all you're trying to do is stir up controversy between me, the team, the coach, Josh Allen, of course, he put a bunch of that to bed, mm-hmm. and it leaves now a little bit more confidence if you're a Bills fan, understanding that my quarterback is and my number one wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League, are on the same page as well with Sean McDermott too. All is well. Again, I just needed to to give a little bit of praise to Stephon for just handling things as, as well as you can and being one of the true professionals in national football.
2: He said him and Josh Allen are brothers. He said he wants to be a bill for life. He was talking about Gabe Davis. He said, <laughs> I think Gabe Davis due for a breakout year. If I wasn't here, this would be Gabe Davis's team. He'd be the wide receiver one. Um, Drew knows this, but I traded for Stephon Diggs in my dynasty league mm. last, uh, last night. Let me know what you think. I gave up uh, Traylon Burks, Jordan Addison, DeAndre Swift, two second-round picks.
1: You stole Stephon Diggs. Traylon Burks, I'm not confident in the breakout. That trade Sorry fucking bells. stinks, bro. I'll be honest.
2: It, it took a lot of me to click accept. Yeah. I the, you, DeAndre Swift. So
1: I mean, come on, Rashad Penny's taking first team snaps. He if he's healthy. Now we know Rashad Penny when he's healthy Shot can do Penny some signs. damage. He'll be healthy for Jordan eight, Addison at least six games. <laughs> I think Jordan Addison has a chance to be one of the better wide receiver twos I in the so NFL. So. But I mean, come on, you're getting Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Like that's a, yeah. That who accepted that Alvaro or who sent that? Did he send that to you?
2: Yes, originally he sent that with a first as well, but I got him to get off the first. Is he tanking? No, he he has a weird team. Like he has CMC Chubb. Uh, he had Diggs, Cooper. He had a really good team, and then he traded Diggs, and now it's like his team's still good, but he needs a receiver. The
3: Mike. good thing is that I have his first-round pick this year, so I'm hoping and praying on his downfall.
1: That's nuts. That that should have been a veto, I'll be honest. You don't <laughs> veto in this,
2: league, nah. yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. I, mean, I o- think
1: it's good. You know, if the user wants to make the trade. I agree. Max offered, trade. Yeah. Max offered him something.
2: Uh, Max offered him Elijah Moore, A.J. Dillon, uh, Michael Thomas, and a 2026 first. trade. That's,
1: that's a better Oh my God. i think because I, would, of the I think Elijah. I would rather have Jordan. I just Allison want more. talent. Yeah. Because of Elijah Moore. All
3: right. Relax. Yeah, but maybe. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> is Elijah Moore not
1: the most attractive piece in that deal? Yeah. Jordan Addison. Jordan,
3: Jordan Addison.
2: Yeah. You think he is? And Traylon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would and rather both of them over would,
1: all, yeah. Michael Thomas,
3: if he's healthy, he's a, he's very good. But you can't really bank Elijah him. Elijah
2: Moore is getting a lot of hype out of Elijah Brown. Moore is better than, than
1: Traylon Burks.
3: Um, like by a significant amount. Ah,
1: significant amount. Jesus what are do you, you doing like me right now? <laughs> what do you mean? What am I doing? It's facts. how's more yards this year? Elijah Moore pretty easily.
2: I actually could go either can way. I think that. they'll both probably be around like seven, eight hundred yards if they're healthy.
1: Listen, Elijah Moore requested a trade from the Jets. He got his wish. One of the guys that when he requested his trade,
2: we were not. It happy. was in a
1: bad time. It was, it was a bad time. Five and two. Rolling. But Elijah Moore legitimately wins on so many of his routes, and he's one of the more underrated receivers in the league. And I think, you know, sometimes the the production the how good a player is is in massive production, but I think Elijah Moore in this offense with Deshaun Watson It's
2: like Stefan Diggs for years in Minnesota, where like he was one of the best route runners, but he just wasn't able to show it because you had Adam Thielen there. He goes to Buffalo, one of the best receivers in the league.
1: That's why I look at I look back at it now and part of me wishes that the Jets kept Elijah Moore. Because I I look at Garrett Wilson, and he's a wide receiver one, no doubt about it. But then outside of Garrett, I like Corey Davis. And Corey Davis is possibly the best wide receiver that Aaron Rodgers has had outside of Devontae Adams in
2: the past couple of years. Yeah.
1: But I think Davis is just a better receiver. Lazard just excels at blocking.
4: He's mm. one of the best blockers. You're a big Lazard guy, though.
1: No, I am. I like Lazard. He's solid, but he's really solid in the run game. I just feel like the Jets need another dynamic spark. I agree, and that's why with the restructure hey. that he just had, Trade thirty-five deadline. million. You know, when we get Devontae Adams, <laughs> boy, we're going to be vying for that Super Bowl appearance.
3: If you guys get Devontae Adams, conversations change. We get tight. If you guys get Devontae, so you move off from the Dolphins after that? No, I'm just saying that they're most
1: definitely a lock to make the playoffs. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be any easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing each morning. Done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. It's a win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash pickaside. That's athleticgreens.com slash pickaside. Check it out. You know This team we're about to talk about, I wish I could sit here and predict that they can be the team to challenge the Chiefs. Because I think on paper, the Chargers have a chance. I think they have the quarterback and they have top to bottom a roster that can. But I just don't trust the coaching. And I think a lot of the Chargers' success is dependent on Brandon Staley. And Brandon Staley has given me some confidence because last year the defense did improve from the secondary standpoint. They're still one of the worst rush defenses in the league. But... I just can't fully buy into the Chargers. I think their their floor is still high because they have Herbert at quarterback and they just got Kellen Moore and anything that's not Joe Lombardi's an upgrade, but I still can't trust the Chargers. And I think 2023 is a make or break year for Staley. And this is a year where there's a possibility that he gets fired. The fact that he's kept his job after blowing a 27 to 0 lead. It's remarkable. Pretty remarkable. It, yeah, it, it, perfect, perfect word. It speaks volumes to how Tom Telesco and the Chargers feel about Brandon Staley as a person. They're going to give him this one last year, but I think this is the last year to prove himself.
3: Yeah, this past season, they had a top 10 offense, of course. As you already credit to, Justin Herbert's one of the best in the game. You have Patrick Mahomes, and I consistently say my number two quarterback in the National Football League against popular opinion is Justin Herbert. And really, we saw Keenan Allen go down We saw Mike Williams go down. We saw Justin Herbert turn Joshua Palmer into his wide receiver one and actually be more than serviceable and continue to get wins. Austin Eckler, we can't talk about it like Austin Eckler hasn't been one of the more reliable these last couple of seasons. I say it also, last two seasons has a combined 40 touchdowns. This guy, Austin Eckler, just has a nose for the end zone. Offensive line last year was not that great, and that's really also due in part to injuries. Rashawn Slater being out this season, that's something to look forward to, his return. The offensive line should be a little bit more improved than it was from last season. Rashawn Slater makes a drastic difference, and that's an obvious statement. It's just more so being hopeful that guys like Keenan Allen can stay healthy. Mike Williams, of course, can stay healthy. Now you add Quinn Johnson to that mix also allows a little bit more depth maybe a little bit more wiggle room. God forbid one of these two do go down. You do have a safety blanket. Joshua Palmer, like I already just alluded to, that's another great option to have as a backup option. But defensively, that's really where all your questions really should stem from. The interior of their defensive line, still not great. Se- Secondary-wise, so long as Derwin James, the di- it's just night and day This the difference between the Chargers defense when Derwin James is on the field as opposed to not. Derwin James, when healthy, in my opinion, is the best safety in football. And I say that as being a Broncos fan, I love and adore Justin Simmons. It's just understanding just how versatile this guy Derwin James is. But JC Jackson did miss a good portion of last season. In his games that he did play, he was not that great. But of course, anytime you get someone of his talent, regardless of what your opinion is, you're adding just more talent. Of course, you just hope that he is 100% on return. But really why I do worry about this team is the rush defense. You didn't do anything to improve it, and I think, what, back-to-back years, they've been a bottom-five rush rush defensive team. Secondary-wise, they can improve, but last year, they were still a bottom-12 defense overall, and it's going to be a lot on Bran Staley to improve that side of the ball because your his job is on the line, and if that's the question, 100%. This is a prove-it year. You need to win a playoff game, especially when your quarterback is is as great as Justin Herbert is. He had a 27-0 lead. Yeah, we could put some blame on the offense not being able to completely put it away, but to blow a 27-point lead, you got to look at the defense and say, what's going on here?
2: For sure, sorry. Four four interceptions in the first half. They did a
3: great job, for sure, but second half, it's a tale of two halves, and they could not stop a no,
2: I was I was shocked when Brandon Staley kept his job. I thought after he, you know, had that insane meltdown, I thought Sean Payton was gonna be the guy they went out and hired, right? You have Justin Herbert there. You have an offense really waiting to explode. And for years, Joel Lombardi's just been holding back this offense. So I thought they were gonna let go of Staley. Obviously, they brought him back. And listen, last year, I know it's a disappointment, right? You have the huge lead in the playoffs. Um, you were a team that a lot of people were kind of had as a dark horse, right? Possible Super Bowl if things go right. But unfortunately a lot of their team dealt with injuries and it feels like that's always the case with the chargers, but you had Justin Herbert dealing with the ribs Keenan with the hamstring. Bosa missed 10 plus weeks or yep. Sean Slater missed the year. Mike Williams missed five weeks. JC Jackson, like you mentioned missed more than half the year. Dermot Derwin James had injuries too. So even with all of those injuries, the fact that they won 10 games, second in the division, you have to take a, a bit of a victory lap for that, right? You're hoping that this upcoming season you stay healthier. You hope that your franchise quarterback's able to stay upright. Your left tackle is one of the best in the game is able to stay upright. And your best defensive players can stay healthy now. sure. Obviously, you could look at all the teams around the league. The Broncos dealt with a ton of injuries too. Um, But it does feel like this team is talented enough to make a push for the AFC championship game. I don't know if i go as far to say that they'll be able to go to the Super Bowl, get past the teams like the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, but I think the minimum for this team, their expectations should be at least a playoff win, right? You have Justin Herbert, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I'm very high on Kellen Moore. I think outside of Sean Payton going to Denver, this is going to be the biggest coaching upgrade across the NFL because, listen, Joe Lombardi, what he did with Justin Herbert these last few years, he, he should be incarcerated for. I mean, the fact that Justin Herbert is... One of the best arms in the NFL, one of the best arms we've ever seen. That's not an exaggeration. His arm is right up there with the Mahomes, is right up there with the Josh Allens. He just doesn't get to show it off as much. These last two years, this past season, he was 31st in air yards per attempt at 6.4. The only players below him were Daniel Jones at 6.4 and Matt Ryan. These guys, these are two guys that did not throw the ball down the field at all. The only the two thing years, to,
3: to defend... Yep.
2: Lombardi and Herbert at the with same time is personnel. I agree, but you still have NFL right. receivers that listen. Thirty-first in the league, there's not 30 teams above him that don't you know what I mean. No here. matter what You're the personnel right. is, the two years prior, Herbert ranked 18th and 25 in air yards. On the other hand, Kellen Moore with Dak, top 10 air yards per attempt at 8.4 in 2023. Um, he was around top 15, 2022, 20, 2019 was his highest at 9.3 air yards per attempt. I'm really high on Kellen Moore unlocking this offense. Not only because you have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams who could do some things over the middle of the field for Keenan, Moore possession, and Mike Williams on the outside. But like I mentioned in the mojo segment, I think Quentin Johnson is someone that could kind of take this offense over the top. They've definitely needed somebody that can make something happen after the catch. Keenan Allen, he's still great, but he's the possession receiver. You're not expecting him to go out there, catch the ball, make two or three guys miss, and get those chunk plays. He could do it, but he's doing that based off his route running, Basically alone, right? He's not a burner. He's not that type of guy. And Mike Williams, on the other hand, he is more of a burner, in a sense that he's getting vertical. He's the one winning those contested catches. But after the catch, he's not a guy you're expecting to really do much with the ball in his hands. Quinton Johnson is someone that could win down the field, win those contested catches, but also do something with the ball in his hands. That's something they've desperately been missing in this offense. And the fact that Herbert's going to have someone like this, this skill set, when he's rolling out of the pocket, when he's able to make guys miss and you know have those scramble drills, I think Quentin Johnson is someone who's going to benefit greatly from it. Um, so I'm really high on the Kellen Moore um, upgrade over Joe Lombardi. I think he's going to come in, and the Chargers offense is going to look a lot different than it has in the past. And just talk about the defense quickly. We know the talents there, right? On the edge, you have Khalil Mack and, and Bosa. That's one of the best, if not one of the, be- the best duo in the league The interior is a bit weak. They still had a terrible rushing defense in the league last year, but they did bring in Eric Kendricks at linebacker. His MO is to stop the run. He's not as much of a coverage guy, more so of a uh, run stopper. And of course you have Derwin, uh, Derwin James there. And lastly at corner, Michael Davis very quietly had a great season, ranked 23rd in coverage per PFF. He's a big corner 6'2, 200 pounds, plays a lot of press. So if you have him, and if you could get J.C. Jackson to be back at that level he was in New England the year prior, your secondary is shaping up really nice. You just got to hope that defense goes from bottom of the barrel in terms of rush uh, rush defense to right. hopefully middle of the pack. Then you could look at a defense that could be top 10 in the league.
1: And the J.C. Jackson one, him being bad last year was the biggest surprise of the season for me because how Brandon Steele likes to play his corners, he likes to play his corners on an island playing one-on-one. And that's what J.C. Jackson did in New England. But for some reason... It was a disaster with the Chargers. The run defense will always be a bit leaky because Brandon Staley's philosophy is that I'd rather a 5-, 6-yard run game than a 10-yard completion. Animal so guy. he doesn't pack the box. He Their boxes are very light in the front. The biggest thing with them, man, on defense is just the injuries. Joey Bosa last year played five games. Yep. J.C. Jackson played five games. Austin Johnson, who was a defensive tackle they signed to pair up with Sebastian Joseph Day, played eight games. He missed half the season. And then on offense, they lost for Sean Slater after three games. The injury bug has hit the Chargers. That's not even mentioning Mike Williams and Keenan Allen Sure. missing a combined 11 games. They were only on the field for a combined 22.6% of the team's dropbacks together. That's why for me, when it comes to Talking about the Chargers and Justin Herbert, he just got his contract extension, and people think for some reason he's regressing. They don't think that he's deserving of being the highest paid quarterback. Idiotic opinion. When people think that Justin Herbert has a plethora of talent surrounding him, it is very obvious to me that they are simply reading names off a website, and they're not actually watching what's happening on the field, because Keenan Allen is good but he wins in a very particular way that doesn't really spread the offense and threaten defenses vertically. Mike Williams is a jump ball receiver who gets little to no separation. They're still good receivers, but the biggest problem with the team last year was the scheme. And I don't want to give Joe Lombardi a cop out because it wasn't a personnel issue. Yes. There were some things he had to overcome, but good play callers overcome those obstacles Keenan got injured in week two. From weeks two to ten, the Chargers early down passes to running backs was between 24 to 41%. So that means on first and second down, you can guarantee the Chargers at least a quarter of the time are passing it to Austin Eckler in the backfield. got it done, to be fair. No, he didn't. They ranked 24th in EPA per play on those plays, so it was very inefficient. Austin Eckler had 20 touchdowns, bro. Yeah, but those are... All really in the goal line. It doesn't mean it was efficient. So hard
3: to make it uh, negative.
1: How, what would, How many touchdowns does Jamal Williams just have?
2: 18.
1: He had 18. Am I looking at Jamal Williams like, yeah, he was amazing and great? I,
3: I don't think what so. you're saying. No, he did have a great season. You can't take that away from him. He I did. mean,
1: I think it was very dependent on the Lions offensive line. That and I don't disagree,
3: but we can also talk about how the Chargers offensive line is not good. And yeah. Austin Eckler still – Effective.
1: Well, that's why the Chargers running game is one of the worst in the league. I don't disagree there. 17. Running back targets for those plays were 41% success rate, 4.8 yards per attempt. And this is where the personnel issue to me, it's not a personnel issue to me. This is why I don't believe that that because running back targets last season for the Chargers, four point eight yards per attempt on eighty four attempts, 41% success rate, wide receiver targets at or behind a line of scrimmage. success rate, 2.1 yards per attempt, 12 attempts. All other wide receiver targets beyond the line of scrimmage. 57% success rate, 8.9 yards per attempt on 88 attempts, which means this was more efficient than throwing it to Eckler or behind the line of scrimmage. And on all running back targets, the Chargers ranked 23rd in EPA per attempt, 11th in success rate, so they had some success, and 26 in yards per attempt. The Chargers had success throwing the ball beyond the sticks, but Joe Lombardi just didn't opt to do that. All other wide receiver targets ranked six in EPA, number nine in success rate, number 10 in yards per attempt. This is a mind-blowing stat. Only 42% of Herbert's passes were beyond the line of scrimmage. (laughs) That means...
2: That's (laughs) hilarious, actually.
1: More than half of Herbert's passes were dump-offs and screens... I mean, it was ridiculous. So for me, I don't give Lombardi an excuse because on the plays where Herbert is actually throwing beyond the line of scrimmage, he had an EPA of 0.37, which would have ranked number one in EPA per attempt. Last year, number one was 0.31. So Herbert, when he's actually throwing beyond the line of scrimmage, All of his numbers ranked at a top 10 quarterback level. And that's with the diminished personnel. So that's why I'm not somebody that looks at the weapons and like, oh, yeah, Herbert has help. He just does not have help. And in the 188 dropbacks that Herbert did have, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen.
4: NFL Sunday
3: Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With the NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live. Because you shouldn't have to change teams, even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get
2: $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews.
1: Point 17 expected points added per drop back. It would have ranked third over the full season. 50.8% success rate would have ranked second. 7.9 yards per pass attempt would have ranked third. 77.1 completion rate would have led the league. And 106.4 pass rating would have been second in the NFL. So Herbert has shown, I mean, when his two top targets are in the field, that we're only on the field together for 22% of snaps, that he is playing legitimately at a top five quarterback level. Easily. So that's why I don't give Lombardi an excuse because I think he sabotaged Justin Herbert and Kellen Moore. I'm optimistic about it. Because Dak Prescott last year was a very aggressive quarterback. He throws the ball down the field. So I'm excited to see it. I think given the Chargers injuries last year, given Joe Lombardi's questionable play calling last you year, right there, fuck. the fact they won 10 games is is really a testament to, to what Herbert, Herbert did. 100%. And that's why I have a hard time believing they won't at least win 10 games I this year. I agree with you wholeheartedly. If they're healthier... If Kellen Moore even is a little bit better than Lombardi, Which you will be. and if Staley can, you know, get this defense at least to be a little bit better against the run, I think there's a really positive, there's a positive mindset for the Chargers team. But I do also get sick of every year coming into Chargers seasons and being like,
4: "This is the this year. is the year." I, know.
1: I feel like this has been the this is the year team for two years now.
2: I agree. Last
3: year and this year?
1: Or I think last year and this year, yeah. Okay. When they
3: got I, Brandon Staley. Yeah, last year had yeah.
1: Them, I had them high. No, yeah.
3: last year, understandably so, you should have had them high. On paper, like we do every preseason, it's an understandable mishap. You look the at the roster year. and you understand that they were no. great. They were great. It's yeah. a matter of injuries destroyed this team very early on in the season, and it was a matter of Herbert playing hero ball while the defense continued to be lackluster. Yeah.
2: It wasn't great. Justin Herbert is out of this world good. I know you had a tweet that uh went a little bit crazy. You got dolphins Twitter on you, got but, but Twitter I, I on you got Ravens Twitter on you, but
1: what did you say that was wrong? Nothing. It's the offensive situation. People were like, Oh, exactly. You know, Tua had Jakeem Grant and Mac Oh, Collins. But here's the
3: thing, we can acknowledge a lot of things individually. Did Tua have help? No. Did Lamar Jackson have help? To a degree. I know you say that from 2018, 2019 he had a he had a solid supporting cast. I don't disagree to a degree, but more recently, he has not had that much help. No. Justin Herbert, yes. Keenan Allen, Mike Will, Austin Eckler are great, but you can't rely on Mike Will more often than not in terms, of, in, in terms of injuries and staying on the field consistently and production also, where he had his down year when Herbert was there, but then the year after that, he was unbelievable and then this year, he could not stay healthy completely. Keenan Allen, when he's on the field, it's amazing. That's one person that you can't deny and Austin Eckler, but the offensive line, two of the three years have been, hor- has not, let me not say horrendous. Year one, it was horrendous. Terrible, yeah. Year two, it was good. Year three, injuries killed injuries, it. It was yeah. not good again. And so I can understand, especially when you want to talk about play callers. Yes, all can be true. We don't need to bring in, oh, my, my situation's worse. So this is why you're wrong. No, it, we can make general statements and make them individual. So, yeah. yeah Herbert
2: just got his back too. And I'm saying this as
3: someone Shout who, who is a, a, a Dolphin supporter, too. So let's not,
1: well, that let's not do that. When guys are talking about their teams, you know, I watch almost every team. At least I try to keep up with every team. Of course, you got to. These guys don't watch every team. If they're talking about Lamar they're probably only watching the Ravens. They're only getting Ravens news. These Dolphins fans are only getting Dolphins news. But yet, whenever something comes out about Herbert, they want to come in in flocks and, you know, attack or whatever. Well, it's
3: because they treat him like the Golden Boy, which, hey, listen, I do, I'm guilty of doing the exact same thing, but I understand what my eyes are seeing. Sometimes it's okay to trust what your eyes are seeing. And I People think People have that, difficulty doing that.
1: And I think the difference is that, you know, with the Chargers, that's why I said earlier, when you look at them from a, you know, just box score, oh, wow, they have Mike Williams. They have Keenan Allen. Well, most of those people that are talking about those two did not know that they were only on the field together for 22% of snaps, which means that 80% of the time, Justin Herbert did not have them out there together. Exactly. That's like if Tua, for the majority of the season, only had one of Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle on the field. And by the way, when it was just one of them on the field, Tua struggled mightily. When Herbert... Did not struggle that bad, Herbert. And this is the difference in that elite he quarterbacks. Was just, he
3: was average for his standard.
1: And even Herbert, in Herbert, in elite circumstances, can be a, a, the best quarterback in the league at like production wise or top three. And the eye test will back it up. Even Herbert, if you surround him with nothing, will still play at a respectable level. Where there's other quarterbacks that, if they're surrounded by nothing, you're not gonna get that production out of them. The Lamar one is, I can't understand the argument, but for some reason, Ravens fans think that Greg Roman was completely clueless. His passing game concepts were elementary. He's not good. But as a run game designer, one of the best. even before Baltimore, he had stints with San Francisco. They were a top-rushing offense with Colin Kaepernick. He had a stint with Buffalo. They were a top-rushing offense with Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy. Tyrod Taylor made the Pro Bowl that year. So Greg Roman, you can at least say, He played to one of Lamar's strengths, and that strength was arguably his biggest. Especially early on. And and that strength was one of his biggest, and that's when he had the MVP year. So I can at least say the offense coordinator played to his strengths. A lot of people are arguing that Greg Roman was worse than Joe Lombardi. They're like, oh, Joe Lombardi still has a job. And you know that Joe Lombardi is actually with the Broncos right now? I know.
2: Is he? Yeah, it's because
3: uh, he's our offensive coordinator. Uh, but that's mostly for the fact that, obviously, Sean is going to be calling the The connection place. with Sean And exactly, exactly. He has a long history with Sean yeah. Payne. Yeah.
1: Which, so as long as it was Sean Payne, I'm not worried about him. But when he's the one calling the plays and designing the offense, now it, it's a real question mark. And the charges for me last year, I just feel like when you look at their success in different groupings and what worked and what didn't, I think it's alarming that they didn't adjust throughout the season. I think that's a Brandon Staley problem because he is the head of the snake in the operations and what goes down. So for me, Brandon Staley is somebody that I have lost a lot of confidence in, and I don't know what's worse. I don't know if it's worse to have a season that just blows up in your face and Staley gets fired or the Chargers have a fantastic season and you have Herbert really masking a mediocre head coach, a below average head coach, which buys Staley more time on this team.
2: It's true. I think Staley, you you had a tweet. It was a great point that Robert Sala turned, down this, turned around the Jets defense in one year. And the fact that Bran Staley couldn't and he came into the situation with more talent on defense than Robert Sala did. I mean, you'd expect in year three, right, that he'd be able to have something going on. Um, but I think just to go back to the quarterback point... A lot of fan bases are just very self-conscious about their quarterbacks because, like Drew mentioned... Justin Herbert doesn't get any flack, right? Like nobody sits out, nobody shits on Justin Herbert. Nobody says, really points out on his flaws, but to be honest, he doesn't really have any. Um, On the other hand, you have the other quarterback, specifically if you want to talk about a guy like Tua, who obviously taken one pick before him, he didn't have the success early on in his career, right? So he got scrutinized very early on. Then when he does have that success, people are saying, well, how can you not have success when you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and Mike McDaniel, and then a guy like Lamar, He still gets disrespected. Even though he won MVP, people still disrespect him, think he's just a running back, think he just run the ball, and he's an okay passer. So I think a lot of fan bases just get very self-conscious about their quarterbacks and say, my quarterback's better than this one because X, Y, and Z. But Herbert, he really is one of the best in the game. And a lot of people, just because you don't win those playoff games, just because you don't have those playoff wins, Lamar has this same problem too, that they're not going to put you in that category of an elite quarterback, even though when you bring up the context of whether it's coach weapons, offensive line, defense. There's a lot of things bringing these quarterbacks back. And the fact that guys like Justin Herbert, guys like Demar and Tua to, uh, this past season can overcome that, you should be praising them more than just trying to bash the other guy and defend your guy.
1: Yeah, I agree. And with Herbert, there's a lot of re- revisionist history that happens. Because as a rookie, yeah, you can say Keenan Allen, Mike Will, you have Austin Eckler. Shane Steichen was the OC. Anthony Lynn was the head coach. And Anthony Lynn was the guy that... Had his finger on the offense, so it really wasn't in the image of Shane Steichen and how he wanted to play. It was heavily influenced by Anthony Lynn, but even then, we're talking about 2020. No, no training camp because of the because of COVID. Justin Herbert comes in for Tyrod Taylor, who had a punctured lung against the Chiefs against one of the best teams in the league, and lit them up. And Justin Herbert, despite playing behind a 32nd ranked offensive line, had the best rookie season that we've ever seen from a statistical standpoint so I think there's a lot of revisionist history that happens with him like oh he came into this perfect situation I mean Herbert was projected by many to not even be a great quarterback he was projected to be a bust that's that's the truth of it and then he came and he exceeded everybody's expectations the only year that I can really say that Herbert was in a good situation was 2021 Mm -hmm. that's really it but outside of that I, I don't see it and then Offensive situation is one thing. But then when you talk about defensive situation, that's a whole nother thing. And that's why Brandon Stanley has lost the excuse with me. Because Easily. Robert Sala turned the Jets defense around in one season. His first year as a head coach, he was the 32nd ranked defense in the you NFL. He did get a Joe Douglas masterclass oh, in an offseason. I understand, but here's my rebuttal to that. First year Joe, uh, first year Robert Sala, thirty second ranked defense. The next year, the Jets had the fourth ranked defense. Our personnel, we did add Sauce Gardner, we did add DJ Reed, Jordan Whitehead. Those were great additions. Of course, but Brandon Staley, from his first year to his second year, who did he add? JC Jackson, Khalil got
3: injured. Oh, okay, Khalil did play a good portion. Sebastian
1: of the Joseph Day, he was Austin mid. Johnson. Those are those are four solid players. J.C. Jackson did get hurt, but when J.C. Jackson was healthy, he was, he was one was of the shown, worst corners so. in football. Yeah, no doubt. So was I seen, five game
3: sample size. He was so, not good.
1: So I seen Robert Sala turn around the Jets defense, and you know what? Robert credit. Sala he gets credit for sure. Back with the 49ers, his first year as DC with the Niners, they were a bottom barrel defense. Oh, that too. He yeah, goes and say. he turns around that defense Correct. too. So that's why I, I'm I'm not giving Staley no excuses because if you are a great defensive play caller and game designer, you can turn around the defense and you don't need that long to do it. He has moments of brilliance like the game against the Dolphins. He designed a great game plan, pressing sure. those Dolphins receivers. But there's too many instances where he is the problem. And if you're a defensive head coach, your defense cannot be the problem. And, and that's my biggest issue with Brandon Staley. And that's why, you know, I'm glad to have a head coach like, Robert Solomon.
3: <laughs> Shout out to Rob, Tale man. two years, man.
1: Yeah, Sauce Gardner, DJ
2: Reed. We changed, had changed, we the, had entire Douglas, changed the entire Joe Douglas, but in those years, activity. we still we still had Quinnen. We still that had DJ J. Reed. FN. Contract's gonna be it's probably the best in the NFL. To be one honest, of, is is the
3: first round that Joe Douglas had last year one of the greatest of all time? Yeah, Sauce and it Garrett could go
2: down as one. I mean, that's gonna that changes your franchise. Also,
3: Quinnen taking the leap that he did Bex. that's a credit to Rob. You had CJ
1: Mosley bounce back. Bounce yes, that's yep. a credit
2: to Rob. Because Quinnen Carter was not really good. even.
1: Robert Sala's first year as head coach, Quinnen broke out onto the scene. Quinnen was always progressing, but it really wasn't until Sala got there where he became a household defensive tackle in the league. The Jets had another draft. I think if it was 06, I believe, or 05, where we well, drafted... When
2: we, we had three first-round, yeah. four first-round picks. We drafted
1: Nick Mangold, Mangold and yeah. DeBrickishaw Ferguson. Yeah,
2: that's a legend. Yeah. Two legendary players yeah. right there.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. These drafts come along and, and they so
2: And They said Jermaine Johnson's been the star of camp so far. Yeah. i, I love mean, to hear Jermaine that for you Jermaine Johnson... Guys.
1: Listen, man, we're gonna. Any be news crazy. on Will
2: McDonald? Yeah, um, not a ton. It's gonna Jason, be a rotational Jason, pass. Sure. Should yeah. just. He should be a Jet right I now. I know. I would have loved that. Would have
4: loved that.
1: But I understand the pick. I was playing Madden the other day. I was the Jets. Here we go. Made it all the way to Super Bowl. I lost. Uh. Actually, no. I made it to. The, I I, <laughs> I made it to the AFC Championship. Choke on it. I is. lost. Sue Chiefs. The Broncos. The Broncos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever.
4: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> no loser. Madden. Yeah,
1: whatever. I lost to the Broncos. And I'm looking at the contracts and how they're structured. The the reason why I'm not down on the Will McDonald pick uh-huh. is because Carl Lawson next year is going to have a big cap hit mm-hmm. and he's been declining. So the Jermaine Johnson and Will McDonald picks are for the eventual departures of Carl Lawson and maybe John Franklin Myers down the line.
2: JFM could kick inside yeah. too, though. So that, that's the facility. thing. So yeah. if
1: if we have Quinnen and JFM in the inside, we have McDonald and Jermaine on the outside, and now the loss of Carl right Lawson up. isn't that big. So that Will McDonald was a pick made a year early for the eventual departure of Carl Lawson. So I'm okay with it. You know, I'm okay with it now. Yeah, could
2: cut, ah, could cut Corey Davis Sorry. next year, and now we need a receiver. Just,
1: just yeah. okay. with Corey Davis' contract might be up. He could have cut him this with, year with yeah.
2: love, Jason. Should I do? Yeah.
3: Right there with so you. So easy. Right there
1: with so you. So easy. You don't see. McDonald could become a top five pass rusher in the league. Oh, heavens. I'd love that.
3: JSN. Top 10. JSN's top 15. just going to be – he's going to be one of the best route
1: runners in year one. People don't talk about Bryce Huff enough, man. They don't.
2: don't situational. Bryce Huff. Uh-huh. Situational. Yeah. That's
1: what McDonald will be this year. Yeah. Well, we're going to have so many rotating guys, man. That's that's, that's that's what gonna they keep want. Our Defense is going to be special, man. Drew, you have Did Russell we, Wilson jersey on.
2: I was going to say uh, – did we we just you know sign new deal with Mojo? Did we negotiate uh, week one tickets to the Bills and Jets? <laughs> I have to I have
1: to check in with Harrison with that Back, one. Bolted. I I'm hoping that we did though. <laughs> the tickets are not that expensive. No.
2: I was looking I was looking today to sit it, at three hundred. She was just like one fifty. Yeah. For the one, in heavens. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh hell yeah. no. Week one Monday night football. Rodgers first game. You had to know.
1: Bro, Monday night is such a vibe. Yeah. Now nah, we got to get
4: there.
3: Now nah, when when I went to the Monday night game for the Jaguars and Jets. Obviously, I was Thursday head night, to toe. That, that's yeah. what I meant to say. Excuse me. I was head to toe. It was freezing. One of the worst outfits yeah, you've ever seen. Day. But I needed to stay warm. I don't care how I looked. It was still amazing. It was still amazing. And the Jets fans were in misery. <laughs> and I, it wasn't amazing because the Jets fans were upset. It was just great atmosphere. The game started. The fireworks were going off. The crowd was going crazy. It's just a different atmosphere yeah, for the well, prime time It's games. like November.
1: I'm dead I would have been there in the stands, being like, "Yo, give
3: Zach some time." That's funny because I made the the Mojo video. Ironically, now that we're talking about it, talking about me shorting Zach Wilson, and that That's was probably the last when game he, he went Yeah, so <laughs> he probably went <laughs> to fucking tank after he that. He
2: did
1: twice last year. Yeah, after, the, after Pats, the Patriots, I came up. I came I up had like 150. Yeah,
2: game. I mean, you get Brent for Chris Streveler. Yeah, I was geeking. They won them all having a great camp, Don't though. do sleep. He's having a great camp. He, he's Yankees, really good. Yankees are winning. What's the score? 3-1. Here we go. Aren't the Yankees
1: bad this year? Mm, no. They're mid. We're not as good They're as we normally are. The Mets are mid, too.
4: Mets
2: are bad.
1: Bro, I took a, so, Mojo has these new bets that you can make. They're under 500. We aren't. Ah, okay. Mojo has these new bets that you, you can them. make.
2: Yes, sir. Who? Smoke them, actually. The Red
1: Sox? No. no,
3: oh, no, no the Yankees. Yankees? Yeah. yeah. So, I was going to say Red Sox won two or three against you guys. It's
1: basically a bet that... The odds keep increasing. You can have you have the potential to make more money because they have MLB bets now, and and I don't watch the MLB, so I just took the shit for shits and giggles. <laughs> me. It was basically you're picking the Red Sox or the Mets, or you could pick both of them to have to pitch perfect through three first innings. I've seen the, so the promo no, recently. Yeah, so nobody gets on base, right? I bet twenty five dollars on the Mets and I bet twenty five dollars on the Red Sox. The Red Sox were perfect in the first inning. I mean, it was a thing of beauty. They were perfect. <laughs> My money went up a, a significant amount, and I was like, yeah, you know, this is good. The Mets first fucking first fucking pitch, they were out, bro. They were gone. <laughs> I was dumb tired. <laughs> then second inning comes. The Red Sox are are pitching, right? Pete Alonzo's on the base. It's 0-2, though. You only need one more strike, and Alonzo's out, and you got four balls to, you know, get it and try to oh, gotcha, uh, give I him gotcha, some misdirection. Gotcha. Pete Alonzo gets on base. Ah. <sighs> And I lost the bet, and I was thinking Eww. about cashing out. And guess what? The next three motherfuckers that went to bet all, out. all went out. Yeah. And I was like, "My goodness, Peter Alonso just couldn't get out, bro. I would, I would have turned my twenty five dollars into $200 Just, yeah. there. I
2: mean, three perfect innings is impressive. Also, yeah. uh, the Angels just took Otani off the trade market, so he will not be getting moved.
3: He's they're corny, but I get it. It's, yeah. it's one of I the trade him either, yeah. arguably the best ever.
1: But yeah, the bets are. You have a chance to make a lot of money. Like the Mets one was a hundred dollars to win twenty four hundred.
2: God, if dang. they go perfect, yeah. Oh, we had Carrasco through, pitching.
3: Through, that's through why. The three first. I games. was gonna say Zach Gallen did it. I think something like that. That was the Diamondbacks. Yeah, the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Facts.
1: Had, and for the Red Sox, it was a hundred dollars for like fourteen hundred you could make. Mm. So that's why I was trying to thug it out. You know what I'm saying? I, I, my twenty five turned into like ninety, but I was trying to thug it out and be like, you know what? I'm just gonna ride it and, and let's let's see what happens. Now, Drew, you have a Russell Wilson jersey I on. I know you're very optimistic for this comeback season. Mm. And you know, part of me actually no, I don't, you know, I don't hope that it happens, I'll be honest. But I also am pessimistic it happens. And the reason why I'm not hoping it happens is because I don't want to get your hopes up it happens because I don't think it's actually gonna happen. But you mm. do. So what's your reasoning behind Russ being great again and the Broncos being a great team and maybe making applause for the first time since to 2015, I believe. It yeah, is. the year that we won the whole thing. Um, yeah, we have the
3: same amount of championships in that amount of years than you guys have in your entire franchise. Um, so to talk we're about, about to the Broncos, what I'm really, year. what I'm really excited to do is just talk about Broncos football. It just seems like we're back. We, we've talked about all these X Y Z teams, a whole season of basketball. We're finally back with Broncos football, and I get it. Last year was my year in the preseason. We were having a bunch of fun. I finally got my franchise quarterback. And then the season happens, and of course, we're one of the worst offenses in the league. Per play, we were last in points, 28th in yards, 29th in plays per drive, excuse me. And scoring. Pro- we scored points on 28.6% of our total drives. That was second worst in the league. We were generationally bad. It was really unfortunate, especially understanding that we're getting Russell Wilson. This is a future first ballot Hall of Famer. To be as disappointing as it was, really was really unfortunate for me to watch. But... Here are some strong takeaways that I've got, right? From weeks one through 16, we ran a West Coast offense. And essentially, that is trying to cater to a lot of Russell Wilson's weaknesses. It's, that's just not how Russell Wilson plays the game. And and Hackett refused to change his scheme. We fired him week 16. From weeks one through 16, play action rate, we only ran it 18% of the time that was the lowest in the league i believe a league average is around 28 29% and so from week 17 through 18 we ran a play action we ran play action 34% of the times now that's playing to russell's strengths because of course he likes to play action get outside the pocket move the ball downfield and I understand you, people may believe that Russ holds the ball too long. I can understand that for sure. But really, he's at his best when he's getting outside the pocket and making things get done. From weeks 1 through 16, passing rate right outside of the pocket it was only 15.8%. From week 17 through 18, that is when Hackey was no longer with the team, that went up to 24%. And why I'm, I'm left optimistic is because... In these two weeks, this was easily Russell Wilson's best football of the season. He looked more himself. He was getting outside. He was moving the football, running with his legs. Now we're coming into this off season. and now we have a new head coach and one of the better coaches that are, we've been that's been around in our lifetime, Sean Payton, especially in terms of offensive play calling. And so now we get Sean Payton. Now Russell Wilson, understanding, now he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He decided, hey, I'm going to dedicate this offseason to my body. I'm going to slim down a little bit. He's done exactly that. He's coming in more locked in than he has in some time. And also now Russ is 100% healthy. Last season, a lot of undercover things that we didn't know. Had a shoulder injury. Had a, had a a lower body injury. Of course, now that comes in after the fact because there's excuses. Hey, I'm a fan, but I can also acknowledge that excuses are excuses. That's essentially what they were, but that's also truth, and you're injured. And, of course, you have all these expectations on you. There's a lot of pressure as well. You underperform. It's an unfortunate combination, but what I am taking with it is now we saw Russell Wilson at least be good in his worst season by far, and I'm talking about the last two weeks when Nathaniel Hackett was gone. And now I'm looking for this offense and why I feel optimistic. You're asking me what's going to be different. Javante Williams, Samaje Piran. And mostly I'm talking about Javante Williams because I understand that in terms of skill set, he has the ability to be one of the more talented in the league. And Russell Wilson, who's not been one of these guys that's historically known for throwing to the running back, like I mentioned earlier, threw to the running back the most of his career last season. I believe it was around 24%. And so with, with Samaji Piran now being added, who was a big part of Cincinnati's uh, passing attack as well in terms of Joe Mixon and, and Samaji Piran, Samaji Piran got a lot of that passing work and he was pretty effective. When when in a Sean Payton offense, the last couple of years of Drew Brees' career, he wasn't the type of guy that could push the ball down for you. In his prime, he would, they were one of the most prolific passing offenses in the league. But towards the back half of the of his career, back end of his career, let me not say back half, towards the back end of his career, he became one of those guys that were storming between the 0 to 9 yards, really just dumping off to the running back. The The offense really became running back-centric. And, of course, that's Alvin Kamara. That's Mark Ingram. These are some talented backs that he's played with. But now Russell Wilson, who already in year one with the Broncos, was catering to the running back. He will be doing that again in year two, and I think that that will be a little bit more a point of emphasis. And now last year I was really high in my wide receiving core. This year I'm a little bit more back down to earth. But what I'm also optimistic about is you mentioned it to me. We've had a couple of conversations these last two days about how you don't think Jerry Judy's is going to break out and that it's getting delusional at this point. He's not one of the best route runners in the league. Listen. You, you can make some. You made some valid points. You showed me some solid statistics. But also, I can understand where he's not great against zone coverage. He is very good against man coverage. And I believe last year against man coverage, he averaged three point six one yards per, yards per route. That is extremely great, especially against man coverage. He can get open, and I see Corlin Sutton. I'm not as high as I was on him last year. Last season, it was it was pretty disappointing. But it's understanding We're getting Tim Patrick back, and hopefully Jerry Judy is now assigned to the outside. Last year, in weeks, I believe it was 14 or 15, whichever two weeks that Corlin Sutton wasn't wasn't healthy for was not playing. Corlin Sutton, he basically made Jerry Judy a slot receiver. Jerry Judy played 55% in the slot. Now, when he was out, when Corlin Sutton missed some time, Jerry Judy played 81% in the slot. 15 catches on 17 targets, over 140 yards, and had three touchdowns. Jerry Judy is the better receiver at this point in time. We need to be catering this offense towards Jerry. And I think that in a Sean Payton offense, he is going to be the primary target for Russell Wilson as well. And we also improved this offensive line, adding Mike McGlinchey. who I understand that you're not very high in, but especially in a Sean Payton offense, when we're going to be catering to the running back as much as we will be, Mike McGlinche, one wanted the better run-blocking offensive tackles in the game. Adding Ben Powers, who's also great at run-blocking himself. Garrett Bowles now comes back from injury there's just a lot going in our favor on the offensive side of the ball. We're finally getting healthy. That was a huge reason why we weren't as great as we were last year. Outside of, of course, disappointing offensive play calling, disappointing quarterback play, we were decimated with injuries. Now, to talk about the defense, which was incredible last season, that was a that was a question mark. We weren't worried about the offense, but the defense was, was in question with Vic Fangio no longer being in town. The Broncos defensive unit shut that down with one of the best offensive units in the game. But going into this season, there's a little bit of concern for me personally on the defensive line. You really can't count on Randy Gregory to be healthy. He missed a, uh, he missed a few games last season, or more than a few games. Let's be realistic. Baron Browning now starting the this offseason on the pub list. Uh, Punzel also starting this offseason on the pub list. These are two players that can be removed prior to the season starting, of course. But nevertheless, that's not something you love, especially first day of training camp. Our secondary is going to be solid, of course. We have arguably the best corner in the game, in my opinion, the best corner in the game. Of course, I'm a Broncos fan. I'm going to say that, but he gives me valid argument. He shadowed, I believe he was given the shadow assignment seven times last season, He's just truly one of those lockdown man-to-man corners. We have one of the best safeties in the game in Justin Simmons, but really where it comes to question is, our strong safe? Because Kareem Jackson is injury-prone at this point in time. He's an older player, solid player for sure, but at this point that's definitely a position that we can look to be improving. And then, of course, Mathis, a rookie cornerback last season, who, who was solid, one of the more targeted cornerbacks in the game, but he did a great job of holding his own. Quan Williams is another one that I want to give credit to. But it's really that into, that's the, the defensive line that is my, my huge concern. Because with Barron, who was one of our best defensive linemen last season, especially after the Bradley Chubb trade occurred, for him to be injured and for that to be a question mark, Randy Gregory not being the most reliable, that's something that's a cause for concern to me. But really why I'm optimistic is Sean Payton, is, he has full control of this offense. And Russell Wilson's coming in motivated. He's coming in more slim down, coming in, in great shape to training camp. I couldn't ask for something more if I'm a Broncos fan, especially after a disappointing first season with Russ and company.
1: Sean Payne did not hide what he wanted this team to be. He Went out and signed two offensive linemen, Mike sure. McGlinchey and Ben Powers. Now, him doing that, yeah, you improve the offensive line from a run-blocking standpoint. Mike McGlinchey is, is average in pass pro.
3: It tells me that... Hey, he allowed very few pressures. I'm just... You like to say that, but he was one yeah. of the least... Allowed pressure tackles in the yeah, game last
1: year. We'll come back to this midseason. You keep you saying know, that, but I got the stats to show you. Mike Kinson hey, like that. Okay. You know, you keep the stats. Mike would Let's do it. <laughs> listen. He doesn't allow more than Ted <laughs> Bridges. <laughs> no, you know, Sean Payne told us what this offense is gonna be. It's gonna it's gonna be a run first offense. And I think it's actually a full circle moment for Russell Wilson, who wanted to leave Seattle because it was too of a run-heavy run run. offense, and he wanted to be like Patrick Mahomes and aired it out, but he he, he realized that. He's not that guy. He's only one. He's only one of those guys. And Mahomes is not. And Russ Wilson is not oh, that guy. God,
3: quit the glazing, <laughs> Jesus, fucking Christ! And he's not
1: that guy. He's we not. Moved, we're two Boy, segments. Why, past why, this. Why are you comparing Russ no, to No, I'm Patrick. saying because oh he, he, wanted, he no, wanted. to be we, like that. We wanted to let. Russ he he wanted to be like that. You know. what's funny is that you know he had Shane Waldron just like Geno did. Geno goes into a spot and says, "I'm gonna have the best Seattle Seahawks quarterback statistically ever." We're gonna forget about Russ. The, yo, the defense, the Legion of Boom defense in the Seattle days, they don't even like Russ. They, every single chance they get, they throw shots at him, which kind of— Yeah, they're bitter. Oh, they are? Are no, they bitter? No, they're bitter well, because they, they should be getting— They carry those teams. If
3: you allow me to finish, most. they deserve credit, but they feel as if a lot of credit is given to Russell Wilson. Because they knew what because it was. Because they do deserve credit because they're one of the best
1: defense the we've ever seen. Most credit. Go ahead. The quarterback most gets the credit. That's it. You know, so he didn't hide what he wanted to do. I think Sean Payton looked at the film— when he took the job and before he took the job and said, this is going to be tougher than I think. And we have to make our offense very particular. Now, Sean Pan has had success with an older Drew Brees, with Teddy Bridgewater, for, with Jameis Winston. The difference between what the Broncos offense is going to be and what the Saints offense was is that those things you said Rush struggles with, the timing-based concepts, getting the ball out quickly, that's what Breeze excelled at. No doubt. And Russ has never been that in his career. He doesn't target the middle of the field. He does hold on to the ball, and he hits hole shots. Now, the reason why he has a Hall of Fame career is because he's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks at hitting those hole shots ever.
3: He's one of the best throwers ever, yeah.
1: So, that's why, but this offense is not going to be anything like the Drew Brees one because he cannot execute it like Drew Brees. And I think even though Drew Brees' arm was diminishing, there was still a high floor for the offense because he was so pinpoint accurate in those short and intermediate areas. And I don't think that's going to that's gonna be Russ. I just don't think so. This is going to be a run-first football team, play action heavy, get Russ rolling out, hitting hole shots, But with the increase in what teams play nowadays in too high coverage and really limiting those shots, it it just feels like the NFL defense, the modern defense, has caught up to that type of play style. And that's the biggest concern with me. As much as Nathaniel Hackett deserves blame, game management, getting the team at the same level. You were
3: horrible in in penalties. We led the league in delay of games. It was terrible.
1: And, And yes, while Hackett did have a West Coast offense, and it didn't fit rush strengths. I mean, the Broncos knew what they were getting when they hired Hackett. Hackett comes from that type of system, comes from the LaFleur, Shanahan, Tree. That was his offense all along. So, you know, telling him to come in, one, they thought they were getting Aaron Rodgers, and then it was Russell Wilson. With Aaron Rodgers, it would have worked just fine. But with Russell Wilson, who that's not him, it, it didn't work. Last year, Russell Wilson, and this is why I don't blame it on Hackett, In these stable passing metrics, he was bottom of the league. Passing without pressure, he was 34th. From the pocket, he was 29th. Short layup throws, he was 41st. Passing with under two and a half seconds, so quick timing base throws, 31st. Less stable metrics. Passing under pressure, he was 30th. Outside the pocket on play action, 38th. When blitz, 37th. On third or fourth down, 35th. With over two and a half seconds, 32nd. So his strengths last year, even on those play action passes, on those rollouts, even when he's holding on to the ball, he was bad. Like across every match, Our right? team
3: also did lead the league in drops. I mean, Sutton was bad. Jerry Judy also struggled with drops pretty terribly. I just want to give a little bit of even of with a the drops, you're guy.
1: not going to be bottom of the barrel. Even with those nah, drops counted. And you know what's alarming about that is that the Broncos played the ninth easiest schedule of passing defense last year, and they're going to face a harder schedule this year. So all those things kind of just make me believe that maybe we've seen Russ decline. When I made my quarterback list, I gave some respect to Russ because, you know, there's a sure. chance. You I gave him a I, decent he amount. He's four he number 14. That's very respectful. I gave him some respect, going to, you know, see if he bounces back. I'm not going to write him off after one year, but, I am very skeptical about how he's going to look. And if he looks great, it'll shock me more than if he just looks average. And I think this is a great case study in the type of quarterback prototype that he is because he is a, you know, running quarterback and he relied heavily on his athleticism. Quarterbacks that are pocket passers can last longer in the NFL. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Payton, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers even, who, you know, had a pretty Matt good Ryan. season with the Colts. Yeah, uh, Matt Ryan to an extent. Yes,
3: Matt Stafford, but he's Matt also- Stafford,
1: but he's getting in- he's getting injured left and right. Russell Wilson relies on athleticism and his arm heavily. So maybe for him at 34 years old, the drop off age for him is around this area because his play style is so different from these other quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, the Denver Broncos signed Russell Wilson to be a top quarterback in the NFL and to compete with the top quarterbacks in the AFC. And you can argue, actually, it's probably a fact that he's the worst of the best quarterbacks. And if that's the case, with all the other rosters being really good or great, it's just hard for me to see that the Broncos are going to make this swift turnaround. I think the floor is high with Peyton, but I just don't view them as a team more than a wild card team.
2: That's I, lo- respectful. Yeah. That's fine. I was gonna say I love uh I love you guys, man. You got the optimistic view, more of a pessimistic view. Um well Russ have a bounce back year. It's and Joel, you had a lot of great stats. Um, but even still, it's hard for me to judge what Russell Wilson did last year just for what it is, right? It's hard for me to like even though all the numbers you rattle off were terrible, we're talking bottom of the league bad. It's hard for me to just kind of take it as it is, pause, and just you know, say this is what Russell Wilson is. Last year, between Nathaniel Hackett being, I mean, one of the worst head coaches we've ever seen, the play calling, I mean, this was a team that couldn't even get to the line of scrimmage before the play clock was at zero, and there was just so much going wrong that even Russell Wilson, who is a first ballot Hall of Famer, a guy that you would think can overcome a lot, it was even too much for him to overcome, right? There's a very select few guys that I think could have overcame what, what the issues the Denver Broncos had last year, and... Not only was it Nathaniel Hackett, but I mean, the injury bug bit you guys pretty bad. Terrible. Garrett Bowles, who was turned into one of the best tackles in the game, missed basically the whole year. Lloyd Cushenberry was injured. Randy Gregory, your big free signing, only played four games. Justin Simmons missed a handful of games. Before the season, Tim Patrick got hurt. Javante got hurt early into the season, and... You're battling all of these different things, being Living in a new in city, oh. being on a new team. You have brand new ownership. You have the new head coach. And then all of these injuries that come with it, let alone be in division with Justin Herbert, with Patrick Mahomes, and the Raiders even finish above you, right? So it was kind of just a bath of everything that could possibly went wrong, goes wrong for the Denver Broncos. And now comes in Sean Payton, who can't cover up injuries, right? You're still going to have injuries, having to every team. But he's going to be a hell of an upgrade over Nathaniel Hackett. Easily. He's going to be such an upgrade. It's hard to even comprehend. Sean Payne had 15 years as a Saints head coach, took over in 2006. The year prior, 2005, they were 31st in offensive scoring. After that, 5th, 12th, 1st, 1st, 11th, 2nd, 3rd, 10th, 9th, 9th, 2nd, 4th, 3rd, 3rd, 5th, 19th. God bless him. 10 of those years, they finished a top five scoring offense 67% of the time. When he was with New Orleans, a top five scoring offense. And Breeze. listen, you had Drew Brees. I get it, Hall of Fame quarterback. Maybe I shouldn't be expecting a top five offense, but I think it would be just it's still
3: went over five, five hundred or over five hundred with Ian Book.
2: Yeah, you would. You would just be. I think Trevor Simian. disingenuous to think that nothing's going to happen with this Broncos team. That they're going to be bad again offensively. There's going to be upgrades here, but they're back in. But that's what I'm hearing. But Joel, I am step for step with you with you how slut. this offense is going to look. You're a I do not think we all wanted Russ to come to Denver Saints and Ross let Russ cook. We wanted Russ to come to Denver and, and show off Barely. his arm. We want him to sh- have the 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns. But I, I don't think that's what this offense is going to look like, right? Like you mentioned, his first two moves, fucking day one on the job. Mike McGlinchey, Ben Powers. That was his first two moves, to bringing on the Thank offensive you. line, what I you love needed. You. Without Thank a doubt, you, with, with what you needed. I think if everyone stays healthy, you guys should have a top 10, 15 offensive line league as long as Garrett Bowles is there, one of the best when left Marantz tackles is in the game. He's also one of the
3: better guards in the game, too.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, he was ranked sixth yeah, per, was per PFF. Um, but I do think this offense is going to be a run first offense with Russell Wilson off of play action bootlegs, that type of offense. I mean, what Drew Brees, you know, Drew Brees obviously had all those records in New Orleans, 5,000 yards, like he he was going crazy. But a lot of those years, whether it was Deuce McAllister, Pierre Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram later on, like these were constantly... Reggie Bush, man. Reggie Bush, they were constantly 1,000-yard rushers, constantly top of the teams in terms of efficiency running because obviously they threw a ball with Tony Drew Brees, but efficiency-wise, constantly top of the league. And now you have... Javante Williams, who looks like he's going to be ready for week one. Samaje P. Ryan, who's more of a pass blocker slash receiving back. But I do think this is a team that's going to rely heavily on the run game. They're going to rely heavily on a defense that we're expecting to be elite yet again. And Russell Wilson is going to have to play off of that. Now, if you're a Broncos fan, it's probably not ideally what you want to hear. You pay Russell Wilson the $240 million, whatever it was, to be a top five type quarterback. How much? I think 245. 245. You paid him that money to be a top five quarterback. If you paid him that money to be able to go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow in the AFC. Unfortunately, I don't see that ceiling with Russell Wilson anymore. No. I think he could still be a competent. He could be an above-average quarterback, but I have a hard time believing he's just going to get back to that elite level we saw in Seattle. This is a team that could still be a wild card team. I have them around 9-10 wins, okay. but... To Joel's point, I don't see the ceiling, right? You have Russ who feels limited. You have receivers who... One year, man. I like Judy, but I feel like the days of Judy becoming a top 10 type receiver are probably past him. Cortland Sutton, post-ACL injury, hasn't looked the same. You changed, And man. the guys behind him... I like Marvin Mims a lot. But K.J. Hamler, Tim Patrick, they're nice players. He's better than K.J. You fucking change Marvin Mims. Uh, no, me too. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, I yeah, said so behind Marvin okay. Mims. I, I like Marvin Mims more than uh, the other guys they have. I like Greg Dolcich as well. This is a well. stabbing in the heart. Forget the back. I'm I'm giving you a wild card. I'm giving you a wild card type of season. You're out on Judy now. I, I, I'm out on Judy becoming the receiver I thought he was going to be.
1: He's not a wide receiver. He's not I, the first target. I was with
2: you last year saying Judy could be a wide receiver one. I don't think that's gonna happen anymore. Gonna it's honest, very man. rarely you see a year five breakout from a receiver, just, and they just turn they into a, a top ten. had a mini breakout last
3: season on one of the worst offenses in the league, one of the worst <sighs> offenses in fucking league
2: history. But you don't even see mini breakouts; you see straight up breakouts from receivers usually earlier Bro, than I, later on their I, career. What right, like man. what receiver? Right. I mean, like Tay is one that stands up. That was like year three.
3: I'm not gonna say that Jerry Judy can be Tay. I'm I know, but I'm just saying you go like through yeah, the history
2: of receivers, you don't see many guys break out in year five and become he top even ten be receivers. Like I said,
3: he had a mini breakout last season. He What's the mini breakout? He had almost a thousand yards year 5 six touchdowns that's, that's time. and and three touchdowns were in the last two weeks okay so he had three, So he had
2: three touchdowns for the first 17 weeks or 16 weeks the offense was god awful i know listen i i think judy could be a really good wide receiver too i don't he see he needs to be the x i mean wide yeah. receiver 2 in general yeah, yes, yes it's, he it's, needs to be the number 1 receiver on the i agree Rockets. that's where he he shined the most but I don't see this offense being a top five, top eight type scoring.
1: You offense. know, you know, Dels. You know what's funny? I, I agree with you step for step about what you that, you're talking I about. It. I think you're talking about you're talking Man, a lot of good things. Fucking seesaw, you much. know. <laughs> C.D. Lamb as a rookie, nine hundred thirty-five so yards. Special. You like
3: that one? That was a good. Thanks. C.D.
1: Lamb as a rookie, nine hundred thirty-five yards, five touchdowns, seventy-four receptions. Your debt got hurt with Ben DiNucci, yes. Garrett Gilbert, and Andy Dalton. If you're, you're Andy f- Andy you're ha- you're if you're a good wide receiver, you're going to produce. You're, you're going you're gonna to at least find a way in one rookie of four season, seasons. Judy had 800 receiving. That no, wasn't 935. It wasn't 935. Again, in nine a way n- better, better, better offense. Andy Dolan clears. Were- clears Drew Locke. Andy Dolan Keep going. is solid. Keep going. But listen, the thing is with this Broncos team, and it was a lot of this last year is that it's just a bunch of projection and optimism. Jerry Judy's going to finally become that guy. Javante Williams coming off an ACL injury... What, what's, did he t- tear his ACL? ACL yeah. he, te- he tore legitimately everything. But he's we're, back already. Yeah. But historically, running backs with ACL injuries don't perform. Oh, that's we're going to get it. a Javante breakout. We're going to get a Jerry Judy breakout. Jerry did I Judy. Say all this?
3: Did I say Javante? I'm just optimistic. But, yeah. God forbid. I think that's
1: fine. But you need Javante to be. Well, you don't need
3: that. Well, you, you don't, don't good need or that. Great Drew, you're being this optimistic. For the rushing what's, offense what's to be great. It turns of- that he can be healthy and, well, and fine.
2: Well, okay. You're being optimistic. I don't think we're being necessarily pessimistic. We're not saying they're going to win six games. Scrimmage?
1: A no, 1,000 rushing yards. The
2: thing is, I feel like he's going to be featured a lot as a pass-catching back as
3: well. 1,000 rushing. I got to see if he's ready week one.
2: Yeah. You, I mean, typically, even if he's going to be on the field, you usually see a dip in production. Yeah. I think 2024, he could be a 1,000%. He could I'm get right the 1,000 yards. But no if no you saying say he could be AP, there's, if, you know, yeah, of no, course, no, a no. poor man's that. No. But no. What's, what's your, I guess, I don't want to spoil our rankings, but like, what do you see the ceiling for this team I being? I have it similar as you guys, 10-11 wins. I'm just saying in a nicer tone.
3: That's all.
1: you know. I see this as a 11. wild card.
3: Okay. We're a wild card team. We're not going to be competing for division so long as uh, Andy Reid's alive and well. Yeah. And I, I and make almost. sure. Uh, system QB.
1: <laughs> With the Broncos, the offense is question marks for me. A lot of question marks. Yeah. I think Jerry Judy's solid. Like, if he was the number two behind Stephon Diggs in Buffalo, I'm like, wow, they, they finally have that guy, like a reliable target. You know, what but for him, you know, no shit, for you, yeah, no, but, no shit. Yeah, but for you to count on him as your best to you on a team is it's being yeah. overly optimistic. I have no choice. Yeah, but you you could re- you
3: could
2: say that, but also realize it's not ideal. He's gonna have over a thousand this year. I'll put my if, life. If he stays on healthy, it. I think he can. Yeah. He's not even better than Christian Kirk. But like 20 plus receivers get 1,000 every year.
1: You thought Christian Kirk was made by Collar. He went to the Jaguars and said, Hey, you he went Look to and this, play Drew? with Trevor Lawrence. Oh, he said, Look at this, Drew. And he made he Evan said, Ingram this, good Drew. again and Zay, Zay Jones good he again. He said, Look at this, Drew. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a goat. Christian Kirk is under best players against man coverage even in Arizona. Yeah, he's a slot merchant. Yeah. Right. All right, so there's a lot of players that are like that. It doesn't, it does yeah, not, I'm not matter. I disagree. I'm but, just but,
3: being very, very rude And right the defense. I like Christian. Secondary
1: is great. Um, But the front seven is definitely a concern. And it's more the line. I believe in Jewel. I
3: believe in Singleton. It's just the line's shaky.
1: And Evero, going from Evero to Vance Joseph is going to be a drop-off. The eight quarterbacks you guys faced, which is half of the schedule basically. Yeah. Colt McCoy, Trace McSorley, Baker Mayfield, Tyler Huntley, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, and Matt Ryan. Those were eight quarterbacks you faced. This year, going to face a, a way better schedule of quarterbacks. Which makes no sense. But so, it is what it is. for me, I, I don't know, man. I'm just kind of – I see, like, nine wins, but I'm kind of really teetering on eight at this point because I just don't know how Russ is going to look, and I'm not banking on this comeback season from him. I'm just not.
2: I think he'll be more efficient. Um, I don't think the total numbers, the total passing yards, the total passing touchdowns are going to be what we're expecting. But you got to hope – I mean, I don't want to – call him a game manager, but he in this offense that. with a defense, you want him to be a high-level game manager. I think that's kind of what you should expect from Russ. Um, I don't know, Drew, is that me being rude, or are you still no. expecting Russ to be a top uh He definitely needs to be more than a game manager for us. high-level game manager.
3: To, he, he needs to be more than that. I'm well, sorry. He, well, and Judy G-G also missed. missed Judy also missed two games last year, just hey, so Yach, you guys are aware of that. Y'all right. traded
1: for the wrong Seahawks quarterback, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I guess so. Oh, Listen, man.
3: something about the he, Seattle system, it's it, great, but I believe in Russ. He needs to be more than that, but will he be more than that? I think he will with Sean Payne. Will
1: he be better than Geno Smith this, this upcoming season? That's
3: tough, man. That's tough. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, JSN.
1: Oh, that clears what y'all got.
3: Kenneth Walker. Solid offensive line. Just suddenly, it's amazing. Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet. Carroll, need to put respect on his That's name. That's a top five offense in the league. I don't disagree. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's extremely tough. Yes. Uh, top five strong. I, I said I don't disagree. I think it'll be a high-level offense. Let's say top eight, sure, I'm, just I'm for, okay. for, for conversation so that we don't need to get caught up in semantics. Great offense in the league. Seattle is definitely one of them.
1: That's Geno Smith. Another 30 touchdown season. 70% oh, completion boy. again. Oh, Ah, Geno, man. That's the Smithian. You better respect Smith, man. Uh-huh. There's disrespect. I'm actually very I'm not dis- you know, I haven't disrespected you know, Gina was, once. I, I actually I have these visions every every once in a while in my okay. head. During the NFL season, I could I could picture it now. Who do you guys face? The Broncos week one. Who is it?
3: My aunt? No. No, I think it's the yeah, Las Vegas.
1: Las Vegas, right? I can see it now. Russell Wilson, good statistical game. Jerry Judy. a Drew, uh, Drew's gonna come out. Flying with the tweets. Well, they told me. They it's told Vegas. me. We haven't beat the last come six back. games.
4: <laughs> that's we, that's we're tough. 0-6. That's a tough look. That's
2: a tough look. Against Vegas. <laughs> Three years not being the Raiders is a tough look. We can beat the Chargers. But God forbid we face Vegas. This is the year.
1: The good thing is that the More Broncos.
2: Josh Jacobs might not be there. Who knows?
1: The Broncos Tweet. have one of the better records all time. Weeks one and two when they're at home. And they're, they'll be at home for week one. Because, you know, teams traveling. Yeah, teams traveling there. In that altitude, so uh, is going to be tough. You don't want to so come play, play. A mile high. So I, I think you guys can start the season off 1-0, and 2-0. What do you face week two?
3: Uh, Washington.
2: Yeah, the, the beginning 2-0. of your
3: schedule. No, the beginning of our schedule is daddyish. Yeah. It's fucking pretty. Uh, Vegas, Washington, then at Miami. That's I have that. a loss there. At Chicago, not ideal.
4: Going to be a, a good matchup. Game, Definitely winnable. Win
3: Versus the Jets. That's I awesome. got a W there. <laughs> then the, At Kansas oh, City no. I think that's a loss for sure um, Our br-
1: defense is clamping y'all yeah, bro okay. Whatever Sauce DJ Reader's sauce would clamp Judy uh, <laughs> He would lock in bro yeah,
3: The hold merchant What happened last time Remember when Corlin's Sutton caught a touchdown Or whatever, whatever I think it was pass interference No call yeah. On the game on the line I was like
1: one of the few great. That sauce uh, like You know Let up I'm uh, just
3: letting you know Against the Broncos ironically yeah. Uh, yeah, you I want, do you want to just go years. through the schedule for? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So, Vegas, Washington, I got us 2 0 there. At Miami, that's a loss. I have at Chicago, I think we'll win that game. Versus the Jets. That could go so either so way. So you're starting
2: four and one. Four and,
3: I know. Well, okay. three three one. In my eyes, again, you like, the Jets, like I, I just said, it, it'll be a very good game. But it, we're at home, so that's why it'll be There's a, a great enough. game.
2: Up, we have to play them back to back years in Denver. Yeah, that is not ideal. Y'all not, you can't stop. Especially Quinn. what you did to Quinn us Quinn last Lewis. year, man. Bruce. Our d-
3: offensive line is going to be a lot better this year.
2: You're that's
1: counting it. on Lloyd Cushenberry to
2: stop Q.
3: Yeah, I don't good feel luck. great about it. Ah, but, but, oh, but Quinn also will get some push on that side as well. And then
1: we got, I mean, Garrett Wilson versus Pastor ten. Oh, yeah, Garrett oh, Wilson going to dominate that matchup. <laughs> Garrett Wilson is going to do <laughs> his thing against
3: him. Uh, let me ask you guys a question. Are you guys going to be surprised when Pastor 10 holds him to only like 20 yards?
1: Nah. You mean happy. when he holds him for what would have been a 20-yard game, but defensive pass interference? No, I will not. Are, are, you talking, about are you talking about Sauce? Garrett Wilson going to have a hundred yards in that game. Sauce Gardner what are you is actually talking the old merchant.
3: Uh, so, anyways, at Kansas City, I have a loss there versus Green Bay. That's that's another one that we got to see how Jordan comes out. But as of right now, I feel confident that we can win that game, especially because our defense is going to be able to stop that 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 group of guys. Uh, versus Kansas City, I'll be fucking damned if I have a loss here. This is a W. We're ending the streak here. I put. I feel very good about this one. This is the year. Every year we get very close that game at in MetLife is always the closest game of the season with the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe this is the year. We're good enough on both sides of the ball to get at least one this year. Then we hit the bye week at Buffalo. I have a loss there versus Minnesota. That's one of those that can go either way. I can understand if you give us a loss there versus Cleveland. I have a toss up there depending on how that team. I agree with that. I'm fine with that at Houston winnable game. Mm -hmm. I think we'll win that one at Chargers. I have us losing this one at Detroit. Detroit. Tough game. That's another one that could go 50-50. It depends on which rush we get. Detroit, I'm very high on Detroit going into this season. So I can give us a loss there. Versus New England, that's a W. Versus the Chargers, I have a W there. At Las Vegas, I mean, just because history, we're 0-6. I think that will come out week one and win. But at Las Vegas, I don't know because they just had our number for so many years. So, yeah, it's around that 9-10 wins for me.
1: I've been overly truthful about the Broncos this entire segment. You know, just being facts about them. Here's here's two more facts for you. Here we go. Went four and nine in one score games. Optimistic side of it. If you guys would have scored a couple more points, you know that could have shifted. No,
3: I know. Our defense was all world.
1: Hackett to Champagne, we know that's a major upgrade. You finished last in games lost to injury, a plethora of injuries. Devastating. But based on the statistics it might be likely to happen again. What the just fuck? because the last <laughs> what are we doing? This
4: is last three oh, what years. Do we got, what do we got? Last
1: three years the Broncos have been twenty sixth, twenty eighth, and thirty second in and, and games lost to injuries. So it's not that y'all are getting unlucky, more so that you guys just have injury prone players on your roster. So it's not something that can't happen again.
2: Could happen to any team though. Hey, they You can. never know. You never know.
3: To to speak some optimism about the defensive line. Bringing in Zach Allen, that was definitely a cute addition. Frank Clark, although he's not been great these yes. last couple of seasons, just getting personnel in there to add to the defensive line, not bad. D.J. Jones was excellent last season. That's also a pun. We do we did lose Draymond Jones too. Ironically, Seattle that, so great that, that traitor that
1: hurt. <laughs> Draymond Jones. But, he's with Shelby Harris. But I,
3: we we need we need someone else on the defensive line. Either we need Randy Gregory to be healthy. Which is a long Bush shot Bradley at this Chub point. Yeah. Chubb, I can live with because it ended up turning into Sean Payton. That's I live with that. But yeah, Baron Browning needs to come back because that's that's our best defensive lineman in I'm, my opinion.
1: I'm looking at Randy Gregory, dude. He's I don't know. Just la- last, last year he played he six games with the Cowboys. Even his best season he played 12, so yeah. he, he missed five in that year, or I think four. One of those. When he he's plays, only had he's one going. game. He's only had he's only had two seasons where he's played. Uh, Twelve or more games. He's only had one season.
3: That's game a cute bag last year too. When he plays, he's good. Yeah, we just need him to play.
1: Yeah, that's true. The Raiders are gonna be the worst team that in in this division. It is yeah, gonna be worst the worst team in this division. Worst. No. It's between the Raiders and the Arizona Cardinals for the number one overall pick. Bucks. It's between them. Bucks. The Bucks have a shot. Hey, Kyle at Trask. It, Great day of practice. The Bucks have a defense that can keep them in games,
2: and they're in the NFC too. Where
1: the, the Raiders it. and the NFC Cardinals South. will let up a lot of points. That's the only rebuttal I'll give to that. Josh McDaniels is going to be fired after this season. I mean, last year you go six and eleven. After the Raiders went ten and seven, they added Chandler Jones, they added Devonte Adams, yet. They got worse, and I think that's due to McDaniels' stubborn offensive system. Derek Carr had his worst year in a while with McDaniels. 2.8% interception rate, highest of his career. He usually takes care of the ball. He completed 68.4% of his passes in 2021. That went down to 60.8% in 2022. For me, Derek Carr is a quarterback I admire. The Raiders have done him dirty, never surrounded him with a good defense, not even an average defense. It's hard for me to believe that Derek Carr just fell off, like drastically. I think that a lot of it was due to Josh McDaniels and and what he was doing. And this is why. Derek Carr excelled in heavier personnel. You would think with the Raiders having Devontae and Renfro and really not a third receiver they can rely on, they would go into more two tight end personnel groupings with Waller and Foster Moreo, who, who's pretty solid. 11 personnel, Derek Carr, 42% success rate, 59.7% completion percentage, 7 yards per attempt. In 12 personnel, 55% success rate, 71.4% completion percentage, and 7.4 yards per attempt. Yet, despite looking at these numbers, and Derek Carr is much better in 12 personnel, McDaniels used 12 personnel on 5.6% of his offensive snaps. The best thing Carr did last season was something McDaniels basically took out of his offense completely. And I don't think that's going to change because you just got Jacoby Myers. So now you have Devontae, Myers, and Renfro. That tells me he wants to play more 11 personnel. And the problem with that is that Jimmy Garoppolo is coming from San Fran, where they play the third, third lowest rate of 11 personnel in the entire league. Their groupings are 21, 22, and 12 personnel, these heavier jumbo sets. So with me, you know, you're going from Darren Wall and Foster Moreo to Michael Mayer and Austin Hooper. You're not going to have more tight ends on the field. that that Foster Moreau. And that's not something Jimmy Garoppolo was good at. That wasn't something that, that Derek Carr was good at. Derek Carr excelled in heavier groupings, and Josh McGinnis totally took it out of his offense. This is what's concerning to me, though. The face value stats will show that the Raiders are somewhat formidable on offense. They were eighth in points per drive. Their rush
3: offense was fantastic.
1: And fourth in scoring rate per drive. But that was heavily inflated due to Daniel Carlson. Daniel Carlson is arguably the best kicker in football. Outside of Justin Tucker, Carlson is probably number two. Daniel Carlson, you (laughs) get... You get to the 45-yard line, and he can hit a field goal. That's how good he is. And this stat proves that the Raiders' offensive success was not reliant on McDaniels because they were 23rd in yards per drive, which means they were one of the worst teams in the NFL at getting down the field. But they got there just enough for Carlson to inflate those numbers, and that's why he was first in fantasy the last two years because he can kick it from anywhere. Doesn't miss. Josh McDaniels made Derek Carr throw down the field more than he ever has, and Carr was still great in those circumstances. Carr struggled in the intermediate area. That's somewhere where Jimmy Garoppolo excels, and he he's great at attacking the middle of the field, but he's a deep passer, so you're trading off explosive plays for more efficient, short yardage gains. A quarterback that's accustomed Jimmy Garoppolo to playing, a one, to playing one way the majority of his career, I feel like there's going to be A lot of learning going into McDaniels' system. There's going to be a learning curve. McDaniels has already shown the ability not to adapt. When he's left the Patriots with Tom Brady and when they didn't have Matt Patricia, they would have top three offenses. He went to the Broncos. He got fired midseason. He was horrible. He went to the Rams and coached up their offense. They were 32nd in the NFL in offense this guy is going to get fired this year. It might not be in the middle of the season. It might be at the end of the season, but I fully believe that this team is going to start getting blown up. They have so much money allocated to the offense. They're one of the last teams in defensive spending, and that's why their defense is one of the worst teams. And this is also a coach that cannot coach with a lead. Last year, Raiders lost five games after blowing seven-plus-point leads at halftime, the most in NFL history. Raiders led by double digits at halftime in five games last year and lost four of them. The rest of the NFL was 84 and nine. McDaniels cannot coach with a lead. He has an inability to adapt and you're going from Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo, a downgrading quarterback. Your defense still stinks. This team is going to be a bottom three team in the NFL. And I don't see a higher ceiling for them. They'll get a top three pick.
2: This team is pretty bad. It's pretty terrible. And, I was surprised that I shouldn't say surprised because I believed that this Raiders team going into the offseason should have blown it up, but instead they went and signed Jimmy Garoppolo and said they went and signed Jacoby Myers. None of them to these huge extensions or huge deals that it's going to, you know, financially cripple the team or anything like that. But I think it's going to do just enough to get them from being a top three pick. Now with these guys, probably pick like seven, right? And we talk about it all the time, whether it's the NFL or the NBA. The last place you want to be is kind of middle of the pack, where you're not getting a top pick, um, but you're also not good enough to win a Super Bowl. And I think Josh McDaniels is is kind of doing this to himself, right? He obviously doesn't want to fail again as a head coach. He came in last year. There were some pretty high expectations. You got Chandler Jones. You got Devonte Adams. A lot of teams thought, or a lot of people thought, this could kind of be, you know, a dark horse, maybe wild card team. They sneak in. Tay, obviously one of the best receivers in the league. Chandler Jones coming off a great year. But it didn't turn out that way, right? You go 6-11, and 11, things just don't go your way. The division's tough, the AFC's tough. Um, and looking back on it, they probably never had the roster to really be a force in the AFC. But I think the fact that Josh McDaniels didn't want to go into a rebuild is really what's going to cripple this team in the long term because no matter what, if you're a head coach and you're a human being, you don't want to fail. And Josh McDaniels did enough this offseason, for them to be not a laughingstock, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to win, like, one or two games, right? I think they'll find a way to win five, maybe, and once again, just be good enough to not get a top quarterback in this class. If you go back and look at last season, um, the weapons with Tay, with Renfro, with Josh Jacobs, you're saying, all right, this is good enough. The offensive line was surprisingly good, 10th and pass block when win rate 11th and win rock win block run block win rate. It, it's a tongue twister. It is. Man. Don't, don't um, feel bad. But then you look at the rest of the division this year, you look at the offense. Okay. You have the worst quarterback in the, in the, in the division pretty easily. You have the worst head coach in the division pretty easily. And you have the worst defense in the division pretty easily, in my opinion. So no matter what happens with this Raiders team, that's three things that are going to be incredibly difficult to overcome. Jimmy Garoppolo with the Niners, he was an average quarterback. Without Kyle Shanahan, he's going to be a below average quarterback. Devontae Adams, we talked about before the show started. They turn they start off two and five, two and six. Trade deadline comes, he could get moved out. There's rumors that Hunter Renfro's roster spot might be in jeopardy. They already traded Darren Waller. This feels like a team that should have blew it up last offseason. And they're just saying we're going to give one good go at it. And now we're go at it's gonna be Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Myers. Step back three. It, it, exactly. It's not gonna get it done. This Raiders team, I have them with four or five wins. Um, you also have the Josh Jacobs kind of holdout situation looming over their head who he, he, was, he was the best running back He's last gonna. year in terms yeah. of rushing yards. He'll eventually play because you're not gonna sit out and lose all of your money. Um, but I really don't know if they should extend him if they're gonna go into a rebuild. Doesn't make much sense to pay a running back if you're gonna be rebuilding. Um, you drafted Tyree Wilson number seven overall. I mean, there's some hope there Exciting. for him. But outside of that, there's not much. Of course, you have Max Crosby, but there's not much young talent on this team to look forward to in the future. I think this is a team will look at the trade deadline, if not next offseason, selling a lot of their top guys, getting draft picks, and and with the new coach and quarterback.
1: In New England, is coming from that philosophy. <sighs> and bless you. Thank you from Bill Belichick, where you don't pay running backs. So I doubt that they get anything done with Josh Jacobs because they come from that philosophy of not paying guys. And the Patriots have missed out on a ton of them over the years.
3: I was going to say, that's the one thing that if you were going to give McDaniels any credit is that he carried over his run philosophy over to the Raiders. And Josh Jacobs was able to put forth his most impressive season, leading the league in rushing yards, being the highest graded running back on PFF. Josh Jacobs was flat-out fantastic. It's understandable why he is holding out to get his contract because he deserves it. He was, he was fantastic. I do believe that he will play. I do believe that he'll play under the tag, maybe something similar to Saquon, sign that one-year deal and, and on a prove-it deal, and then maybe we can talk about a long-term contract. But you mentioned it. You, the run blocking, the pass blocking, the offensive line's solid. But other than that, on the defensive side of the ball, they can't get to the quarterback. They can't stop the the run on, on defense either. Secondary-wise, not that great of a unit. on on. Excuse me, uh, just as a defense as a whole, bottom five defensive unit in terms of yards allowed uh, against the opposition. The offense, I believe, is not going to be the problem. Like I mentioned earlier, yeah, I could be shorting Jimmy G on Mojo for the fact that I think that he'll be replaced and that'll ultimately impact his price, but he's a stable, reliable quarterback so long as he's let me not say reliable because he has had injury history in the past. He is a stable quarterback if he is healthy and able to be on the field. You had Devontae Adams. You just added Jacoby Myers. We already talked about how solid this offensive line is. He's going to be able to do a good enough job to, to to move the ball downfield, put points onto the board. Josh Jacobs, if he's on the field, will only alleviate pressure off of him as well. I don't think offense will be the issue. Defensively, it's, it's a, it'll be a lot to ask of Wilson to come in and be this immediate impact player, change the way that we look at this defense because Crosby, Wilson, Chandler Jones, and on paper that is an that is an exciting trio to to think about. But in the grand scheme, of things the rest of this defense, the linebackers aren't great. Secondary is not that great. Yeah, you added Shelley, but we'll we'll see. That was a small sample size in terms of how great that he did play, and that's also talking about a Minnesota team that. Really was not that great regardless. Defensively, one of the worst that we saw in the league. You added Epps in the secondary also. You did things to try to improve this defense. But all in all, it's just off of projection alone. I I just can't see a world where this team is anywhere near competitive. The expectations that we have from last year are nowhere near the the ones that we're going to have this year. Where you look at the difference between last year and this year, right? The Broncos and the Raiders had expectations last year. They both were supposed to get better. They added Devontae Adams. We added Russell Wilson. We both ended up fizzling out, not being anywhere near our expectations. They win six. We win five games. This year, now we tried to get better, but we did the right things in order to get better. We added to the offensive line. That was a huge issue for us. We brought in an offensive mind, one of the best offensive minds that was available. The best offensive mind that was, avail- it. that's, mind that's, that's that it. was available. It's true. it's really just the Johnson fe- Ben Ben Johnson is our... lines. yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Oh, excuse me. I apologize. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The fact that Sean Payne now gets added to the group. We're looking at the Broncos and still having some kind of expectation. When we look at the Raiders, what's your expectation really? There's not. There's nothing else other than the fact that you're expecting this team to be in contention to upgrade the season after with a quarterback in this draft.
2: Yeah, the, the offense, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be part of the problem, or it won't be the main problem. It's Correct. just... You're gonna be banking on your offense led by Jimmy G in a division like we've mentioned with Mahomes, Herbert, Russell Wilson, and the AFC with all these other great quarterbacks and offenses that the offense with Tay Jacobs like it's a solid offense. Excuse me, but when you have to, the way you're gonna have to win is by this offense led by Jimmy G. You're fucked. You're cooked. It's not gonna. Derek happen. Derek Carr
3: couldn't do it. Derek Carr's significantly no. better than Jimmy G. It's not gonna happen.
1: I think the difference between the Broncos and the Raiders is that you guys were far ahead in competing. You guys had a much better supporting cast and support system. I understand what you're saying. I don't disagree. You just had a plug and play a quarterback, and if Russell Wilson was was elite still, then there was optimism.
3: Well, also, you could say that in, in the fact that the Raiders made the playoffs...
1: They were a playoff team. The Raiders made the playoffs. They weren't supposed to regress like that. I thought it was a bit of a fluky playoff appearance. Well,
3: they did give a great game to Cincinnati who went to the AFC Super Bowl. You
1: can give a great game, but the defense was still one of the worst defenses in the league the year they made the playoffs. They
3: played two playoff games, and realistically, they played two. Week 18 against the Chargers. And then, of course, that game against Cincinnati. The Chargers game was nuts. Um, one of yeah. the better games that we saw
2: in that season, and yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, Derek Carr came up red zone just short. The worst I mean, I, I think
1: the, the Broncos roster, though, to me, was better. It is. The Raiders. Oh, no, the now, moves, now we
2: can look at it.
3: And,
1: sure. Yeah, yeah. The moves they made, Devontae Adams, I mean, offensive upgrade. He was supposed yes, to move the needle. He was supposed to make the offense better, but defensively they were still going to be a bad unit. Agreed. Even last year, I think when people looked at the Broncos and the Raiders, even though Y'all made, made the Rust move and the Raiders made the Chandler Jones and Devontae move, people did not look at the Raiders like a team that can actually realistically compete for they, the AFC crown. We no, all, I agree We all that. had
2: them in fourth, I want to say, going into the year.
1: So that's what I say is that they rushed the process in trying to build a contender because Josh McDaniels didn't want to lose his job and go through those losing seasons. But ultimately, they're going to have to face that fate Yo, you anyway. You know what they also but, don't talk about, man?
3: How the ref called the play dead. Excuse me, and T. Higgins was just wide open right there for a touchdown. Mm. You remember that? I can't say I do, bro. They called the play dead. They they whistled it down, but Joe Burrow scrambles outside the pocket. Hits oh the yes, Higgins yes, wide yes, open. yes, yes, coming they back. Let to the me. play. They let the. Oh, play they won stand. anyway. And by how many? Oh, points? you're
2: saying? Oh, that's right. That's Mickey Mouse
3: right. W, man. Yeah,
2: I think I mean the Broncos. Joe Burrow getting away with your shit, defense man. was always so for much sure, more ahead of sure. them Definitely. that they they tried to kind of you know skip steps. And the, the Raiders' rebuild. offense
1: to me is still so a question mark. Twenty third in yards per drive means that you're not you're not moving down the field fish. And really. that's also
3: the difference between the two teams. We were elite on the defensive side of the ball, and what the Raiders' strength was last year was offense. They weren't an elite
2: offense no. by any means. So they have Michael
1: Mayer now. You're right. Yeah, it's baby <laughs> Gronk. That Both is baby Gronk.
2: Harder. Sam yeah. Laporta clears. It it feels like he's yeah. I think he has more more upside. He was uh great in practice. Tonight. Oh I know. He's Sam Laporta also great OTAs clears. OTAs Don Kincaid. Okay. He was great. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say honestly. So here we go. I, oh my god, come on, Dills.
1: <laughs> is your
3: first time on a podcast?
1: First time. I, I struggled to give the Raiders four wins. I had them at three, and I was like, you know what? I think they win four. Yeah. Like I really struggled to give them four. Who's the gonna be
2: their coach next year?
1: Who ben knows Johnson. if they find the Daniels? I think they should. If they ben go
2: 4-13, and 3-14, it's over. I'm sorry. This is the beginning of their
1: schedule. The Broncos on the road. The Bills on the road. L. The Steelers at home. L. The Chargers on the road. L. The Packers at home. Maybe. maybe. Probably L.
2: We'll the Patriots at knows? home. Maybe. Maybe.
1: The Bears on the road.
2: Maybe. I think Unlikely. I still lean Chicago. I, still, I lean L.
1: The Lions on the road. loss. The Giants at home.
3: It's a loss. Maybe.
1: The Jets what at the home. I'm joking. No, I'm joking. The Jets at home. It's <laughs> an L. It's an L. The Dolphins on the road. Maybe.
3: Huge L. The Chiefs Idiot. at home. L. The Vikings Maybe. at home.
1: L. It didn't feel good, right? The Chargers at home. L. The, the Chiefs on the
2: road. Yeah, it's hard, bro. Because, like, on both <laughs> are sides. they better to go 0 and 17? No, I think. It's just fucking the, around. Yeah, you find, schedule, you find a way. I look
1: at the schedule, and I think the teams they can win uh, against are the Packers. The Bears, and even when they beat the Patriots, it was because Jacoby Myers. Yeah. Threw Packers, the ball back.
2: Patriots, Bears, Packers, Bears. And Honestly, you have to.
1: Th- I'm not even saying Giants, the Broncos. The Broncos, Broncos. Maybe you get one or 0 and six against them maybe in the last you get six. So yeah, that's why for me, like I think four wins, that's like my ceiling. ceiling for this I, team. I have them
2: with four wins. Yeah, that's my ceiling Agreed. for this team. I just Who knows? Think maybe really this four wins get you a, a top three pick.
3: I mean, last year the Broncos were five, won five games, and we were the fifth pick. Okay. I believe that the Texan the the Colts had four wins. They had the fourth pick. The the Bears yeah. and Texans, the had Bears,
2: two? Bears and Texans both had three. So four three. wins is getting your top four pick. The
1: competition is going to be the Bucks and uh, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah. yeah, that's the three teams. The what Raiders if Kyler Bucks comes
2: back? Cardinals? It's true. I think Kyler. Kyler will, Kyler will come back. Kyler's
1: with half the season can match the Raiders. And
2: honestly, it'll probably be sooner than that. I saw a tweet. I forgot who it was from, but basically like Joe Burrow, uh, Deshaun, these guys who all had ACL injuries. It was basically a 10 month timeline Mm -hmm. or they came back within 10 months. 10 months would be like week four, week five for Kyler. So I know a lot of people are expecting him to miss a majority of the season and maybe the Cardinals hold him out extra because they're going to suck. Right. Maybe comes back week eight instead of week four. But if Kyler is ready to go, like, Probability wise, he'll probably back a lot sooner than we're anticipating.
1: If you get Kyler Murray Week Eight and you get nine games out of him, You're I think they can get games. they can get to four. Yeah, you win they three and four. four,
2: and you just gotta find. Is there backup? This is Colt McCoy. Who who are they rocking with over there? I think it is Colt. I
1: don't know. I don't think it's Colt, man. I think it's somebody else. It's one of those like deep backups that. You know, you got to get you deep in your bag today. It is Colt. Yeah. It is
2: Colt McCoy? It is Colt. Well, he's solid. Oh, and I forgot Clayton Toon. Oh, yeah. They were, they were having, uh, what's it called? David Blau, well, man. Well, Colt uh, McCoy is, is a,
1: a, a solid backup. So. He
2: is. You could win a game. Maybe two.
1: I just struggle with the Jonathan Gannon higher. So, yeah. I don't know. If the defense isn't good, then that's a question mark. You have probably the shortest. Tell I've you what, though. If Arizona
3: time. gets the number one overall pick, they're going to get a bag. Kyler. And I think the timeline definitely you, speeds up for So, you'd
1: rather build around Collar. Kyler than Caleb. You trust.
3: You it's, trust Kyler.
2: The the dead money for Kyler's contract is it's ugly. It just
3: they just signed it. It you have no choice but to trade that first. You will get a bag because you're trading that selection that will be in a lot of people's eyes a generational selection. They're going to get multiple
2: draft picks if you trade Kyler in 2024. You'll be 46 million dollar dead cap picks. Yeah, Jeez. get the hell out of here.
1: That's yeah. why I'm excited to see Derek Carr with the Saints though because. I think he was held back mightily by Josh McDaniels and the Raiders in this season. And if they if the Saints get top 15 level quarterback play from, play from card with their roster, it's been declining over the years. I think they should have won the NFC South comfortably. But the Atlanta Falcons are a team that I, say, man, I got I like my eyebrow raised. I like the Falcons. I love good. the Falcons. I, I love the the
2: AFC South is gonna or the NFC South is gonna be fun because a lot of these divisions it we've was fun done last year. Yeah, the, a lot of these divisions we've done. It's like it's pretty chalk, yeah. right? Like we knew the Bengals and and Ravens gonna be the top, the Bills, the Chiefs. Like we for the most part knew what it was gonna be. But once you get to those divisions, you know, like the both the AFC, we did the AFC South, I guess. The, but the NFC are solid South, too. Panthers have a chance. Saint, like they all have a chance realistically to to win that division except for the, Bucks. Of the Bucks. Yeah, they're unless be you terrible. think Baker will be good. Unless sure. Kyle Trask continues his. It's Baker's job. It's Baker's job. Yeah, it's don't Baker's
3: job to lose. It. What do you think, bro? The Broncos should trade for Chris Godwin. Uh, that'd be tough. I just
2: thought of it. I mean, you got, don't you guys already have the highest paid wide receiver room?
3: Uh, one of they
2: do. Yeah. Wow. That's they nuts. paid Sutton and Tim Patrick That's already. Me. That is nuts. I'm happy for Tim. That got his money, man. Great dude. He deserves. It. He is a good dude. Great yeah. dude. Um, happy he's back. It, it is a bit. I'm not even a Raiders fan. I'm like a kind of Raiders fan, because my dad is. Um, But he's more of a Jets fan now than anything. But it is pretty infuriating when you have, like, us from afar. It's so easy what the pass should be, where it's like, just trade Max Crosby, trade Tay, trade Josh Jacobs, get draft picks, and suck for a year. But on the other end of it, like we mentioned, it's hard for a guy like Josh McDaniels to... Fail for a second time because if you fail first time as a head coach, you might get a chance a second time. You fail a second time, you're not getting a third chance at a head coach. For Sure. Yeah.
1: And in Vegas, you need to give that city something to root for. Yeah, and least. you're
2: you can be there for this is year two, three in Vegas, this year right? Two, I believe. Yeah, right?
1: yeah,
3: I believe so too. Because uh, la- the the year that they went to the playoffs, that was Vegas. Uh, this is gonna be year three.
1: Okay. Oh, they made the playoffs when they were in Vegas. I believe so. Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah, because that Chargers game was in Vegas. Yep. Yeah. That, that game was so damn up. good,
3: yeah. and really funny. We, we were talking about the Chargers and and Brandon Staley. He blew he blew that chance terribly. They were about to accept the tie. Brandon Staley goes and calls timeout, trying to be cute, and then of course, uh, uh who, who is this? Uh, Spag, who was the replacement for Gruden that year? I'm blanking on the special teams head coach. Oh. Mike Bisaccio. Bisaccio facts. I yeah. don't know if
1: it's Mike, but I know it's Bisaccio.
3: Yeah, no. Regardless, he was just like, you know, fuck this. We're going to kick this field goal right now and win this game.
1: Rick Bisaccio. That's
2: Rick. what it is. Yeah. And listen, I know there's someone who just said, trade Crosby, are you high? Um, look what the Jets did, Trade Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, and of course, Crosby being a pass rusher is more, uh, you know, more important. But you trade Crosby, you'll probably get two firsts, and those are two pieces you can build a future with. Like, Crosby, we understand one of the best defensive ends, one of the best pass rushers in the league. But to be honest, like this Raiders team, their window isn't to win within these next couple of years. Their window is we have to rebuild. This is a three to four year window. And at the end of that window, we want to be competitive. At that point, it's probably more valuable to have those draft picks and just more or less ensure you're going to be bad than have the player.
1: I mean, it just sucks that for this division, I, outside of the Chargers, though. Chargers have some optimism. It's just Mahomes' division. man. It is. He owns it. it. As long as he's there, eight straight years, probably going to be nine this year. I mean, he owns it. It's simple as that, man.
3: I'm glad you felt the need to say
1: that. So, we
2: should (laughs) do the predictions. Anyone not have the Chiefs win the division? Black Sunday
1: says, no matter how bad the Raiders will be, we'll still own the Denver Donkeys. Denver Donkeys. I don't appreciate
2: that. That feels, you know what I mean? Some undertones. Yeah, for sure. Donkey. Donkey's crazy.
1: Charles Gibson says, Herbert is the most overrated top five quarterback.
2: (laughs) How can you be overrated as a top five quarterback? I don't know. I I guess if you're saying, like, pick one out of, you know, Holmes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert. and throw that
4: away.
1: I guess he's just, you know, people think he's the best of the best, and, you know, this guy thinks he's the worst of the best. So that's why he's overrated, right? Herbert's fucking amazing.
3: He's far from the word. Yeah.
2: Starting to get underrated.
1: No, he is underrated, I think so.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had Schefter tweeted when he got his deal. He was, like, first in passing yards, touchdowns, quarterback, or QBR within his first three years or whatever it was. Warriors. Last year,
3: most points scored. Yeah, Defensively, most points given up. Yeah.
2: What are you going to
1: do? AFC West predictions now. I'm interested to see if you got the Broncos winning this division or not.
2: Why would I do that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know.
2: Maybe you're buying it. Hey, Kool-Aid he, had, he had the Jets winning over the Bills and Miami. And Miami. Yeah, he's smoking K2 maybe.
1: No, that's not crazy to say that at all. Uh-huh. Like no, I said. They're not Mahomes, to yeah, be yeah. fair. No, they're not Mahomes.
3: Yeah. Uh, So, yes, winning this division will be the Kansas City Chiefs. I have them around 13, 14 wins in second place. It's going to be between the Chargers and the Broncos. I have them, honestly, neck and neck, both at 10 wins, so either which way you shake it. But in last place is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. It's going, between, going to be around that four or five
2: win range. I have the Chiefs, 14-3, first place, number one seed. Chargers, second place, 11-6. Broncos, third place, 9-8, respectable 9-8. Fourth place, Raiders, four and 13. The Chiefs that. for
1: me, first seed, 13 and four. Chargers, I got it 10 and seven, second place. Broncos, nine and eight, third place. Eight, nine win team for me, I think the Broncos are. And last place, the, the Las Vegas Raiders at four and 13. I think they'd be vying for that number one overall pick. It's going to be a three team race it's Buccaneers, Cardinals, the Raiders. One of those three teams will Secure the first overall pick.
3: Yeah, the Raiders were a better team last year, won six games. So it's not crazy to think that they'll be in that competition for first overall pick. They need a reset.
1: I mean, it depends if you think the drop-off from Carr to Jimmy is two games. It's not massive, but it's... should
2: have let Jared Siddham have the team, man. He was good when he played. Hey, now he's he's in our backup. Maybe he can
1: have the team for the Broncos. Oh, shit. He's not going to. 340 yards against the 49ers. was that was legendary. Uh, he got son uh, to him. That's why I say that. Jesus he Christ. got son to him, man. Say excuse me. Jerry Stidham.
2: Out, you have manners.
3: I don't give a fuck. There was a point in time right now. where he was supposed to. One more word and I blow this burp
2: in your face.
1: There was a point in time where he was supposed to replace Brady. Take away from
2: me. Uh, yeah, what a time. Yeah. There's a lot of quarterbacks that were supposed to replace Brady. R.I.P. Rob Lowell. Ryan Mallett. Yeah. Mallet. yeah. Stidham, man. That's a great backup quarterback, days. though.
1: Not better than Zach, though. Zach is the best backup quarterback in the league. Here we go. You know, he's been killing it in practice. He's not know, better than Trey Lance. Hmm? Not
2: better than Trey Lance. Come on, man. Come on. Be serious. He was with the 49. Sam Donald also clears. Now
1: mm. nah, just being ridiculous. <laughs> now nah, just being ridiculous. Zach Wilson's going to do his thing. I'm telling you, man. Year four, breakout.
2: I'm excited to get some Zach Wilson hype out of
3: Hard Knocks. It's not going to be hype. No. It's going to be literally a, a tragedy. You're going to be watching a tragedy. Yeah, I was drafted number two overall. I'm Zach Wilson. Oh yeah, I also had one of the most disgusting second years in the history of the NFL. I'm one of the biggest weird. busts in weird. NFL history. He really talk like that. I'm you know, handsome. Yeah, yeah. Get, get
1: out of here. You know what Zach's gonna say? Zach's gonna say, you know, first two years didn't go exactly the as planned. Milfs. <laughs> but you know what? I, I'm gonna work my my butt off to get better. Gonna learn from Aaron, and he's been such a great mentor. And everybody's gonna love him and be like, yeah. I'm hoping he's. You want me to get more disrespectful? I could talk in the geeky voice.
3: Yeah, I'm Zach Wilson. Yeah, I'm just garbage. Number two overall pick. I feel like that's more realistic than I the love, first uh, Yeah, I love 40, 50-year-old women.
1: Yeah, at least we more have. More than I
3: love football.
1: Yeah, at least we don't have $245 million invested into a quarterback who played at the level of Zach Wilson last year. Uh-huh.
3: Shit. In his worst year, he still cleared in touchdowns.
1: In his worst year, 18 touchdowns? 16. 16. Oh God. Wow. So great. 17 yeah, games in a, a season, but What's that how many yeah, I think he yet? probably had like
2: nine. No, yeah. no, let me check. I, he didn't have double digits. He did not have no, double no, digits. Imagine. No, no. He had imagine? six. He had six. The year before? Nine. Damn.
3: I'm going to fucking vomit.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to look at Russell. It was all for you,
3: man. I would rather eat a pile of shit you, than have him selected to my team. It
2: is. Uh, to watch your mouth, man. $35, $35 million pay cut. Build the statue.
3: Yeah. Are you guys reading Super Chats, Drew? Absolutely. We already read them. Yeah, no, there's, there's
1: another a one. Uh, like the video, man. Like facts. it up. Like it up. Got
3: to sell 100 right now. Uh, pick a side meme, of course, Santos Lopez. This guy's been an enemy of mine recently. Santos, right. we're going to have to talk about this shit, I man. I can't even stand flacking. you, man. He goes, just ordered your jersey and shirt, sure, Drew. Uh, devil face emoji, devil face emoji, smiling. Uh, should arrive Saturday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it so much. I'm going to be such a bitch when that shirt comes, I promise you. I'm not going to be a good sport about it.
1: You're not going to wear it? We'll see about it. Listen, man. Just give Mahomes some respect. They're reluctant. I, that's what, that's, what, that's the, we're, we're it's the most respect greatness. I've given him in God knows how long. And it's still disrespectful. No, it's
3: not. Yes, it is. So long
4: as he's there, they're going to win the division.
3: I don't give a fuck about him. Whatever. He's fucking great. I Woo-hoo. feel like
4: somebody's
1: in, in being invisible and just holding Drew at gunpoint to say all these things.
3: It's not. It, that's happening. That's exactly what you guys are doing. Because I have to come up here. I have to sound professional. I'm bitter. I'm angry. Dude. You know, there was this interview that Aaron Rodgers had with Big Cat, right? And he says, yo, Big Cat, I have an honest question for you, man. Is some of your biggest moments of the season waiting for me to lose in the playoffs? And Big Cat just goes openly and just like, I live for when you that's go hilarious. into the playoffs because I know inevitably you are going to lose. That's, that's how I felt against the the Bengals when they lost in the AFC Championship game. Against the Patriots, I was fucking through the moon. They lost in the Super Bowl. I was giddy as shit. God bless Tom Brady. God bless Gron- Rob Gronkowski. God bless uh, uh, Shaq. Uh, God bless David Devin White, whatever. I, I believe that's the linebacker's name. I don't want to disrespect him because it's Devin White and then Devin, Devin Lloyd. Antonio Brown. Hope you're okay, man. I mean, terrible things are happened to you recently. Uh, your own doing, of course. So it is what it is. But damn, I live for those.
2: When big cat, uh, it always kills me when big cat, uh, he's, he's with an athlete. And he's like, "Do you want to read some me tweets about you?" And it's the tweets he has about them. Oh shit, it's kill me,
3: bro. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, "Who said that?" He's like, oh, that the was name. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about Aaron Donald. Was that one of them he too? Did with Donald.
2: He Facts. did it with Rodgers. Did it with I think Field. No, he, he's a Bears fan. Uh, I forgot. Yeah, That's funny, funny,
1: bro. I love the guy from Barstool who interviews um, coaches and players and celebrities. I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. He has long hair, though. Oh, Kayla Presley? Yeah, Kayla yeah Presley. He's mad funny. He just hilarious. did it with Joe Burrow. He's mad Oh, he funny. did? He did yeah. just do it oh, with Joe okay. Burrow. I gotta watch yeah. that. I saw the one with Sean McVay.
2: The Drewski one is so fucking Did you
1: funny. see the one that he did with Najee Harris that he
3: essentially had Najee Harris admit that he was getting paid but uh, just oh, in underneath, college? yeah. Oh,
2: nah, uh, maybe I did. Yeah,
3: he's just. So you do get paid, <laughs> and and Najee Harris realizes that he. Fuck, he put himself in a terrible situation. He
2: just stops talking. Yeah, no, he's funny as hell.
1: Bro, with Sean McVay, he was like, "Why do you think there's not enough? Why do you think there's not white cornerbacks?" In NFL? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Sean McVay is like, "You know, I just think you know everybody has a set. You know, he was he gave a political ass head yeah. coaching answer.
3: No, he McVay did as good of a job of being PC as he could, while also understanding that he's on a comedic show that he's hiding so much of his laughter." I wanted him to obviously be a little loose, but he couldn't, of course. When you're a head coach in the NFL, you got to be very pristine.
1: But that's going to do it for the AFC West preview show. The Chiefs got to win a division, man. God willing, the Patrick Mahomes, still. greatest of all time. Merch is dropping on yes, Friday. $25 for the shirts and shorts. The hat to be determined, but the merch will be dropping on Friday. You can follow us on Twitter at PickAsidePod.com on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time.
0: This is Colin Kelly from the Road to Fantasy Football Podcast Network. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals and passionate fans. And over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network and business operations now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder funder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors it's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup you can invest as little as 100 dollars. in other words you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. funder blue wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations which in turn, will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com forward slash Blue Wire.